0: Well, hello there, and welcome to Pick Six Movies, you know, the podcast where every season we pick six movies, all related to a single theme, and then discuss how and why each of these movies was made, followed by a full review of the film, start to finish, just to see if it's any good. I'm Chad Cooper, and along with my arachnophobic co-host, Mr. Bo Ransdell, this season's theme is We're All Gonna Die, where we're taking a look at six movies all about the end of humanity. This is episode 4 of season 11, and we are headed to the deserts of Arizona to face foes' biggest fear, in a world where spiders rise up to destroy all humans, and the world as we know it, with just one man who can save us all, William Shatner. In the classic motion picture, Kingdom of the Spiders, spoiler alert, Shatner fails miserably and things don't work out too well for humanity. Kingdom of the Spiders was released in 1977, making it the oldest movie to date ever reviewed on Pick 6 Movies, claiming that title from the Dudley Moore, Bo Derek, romantic stalker comedy 10, which was released two years later in 1979. I know what you're thinking, why would you review such an archaic, washed out, low budget rip off of other killer monster movies from the 70s? Well, because spiders, spider movies, and especially this spider movie, gives Bo a case of goosebumps covered in the heebie-jeebies every time he watches it. Which, not surprisingly, is kind of all the time. So you know what? Let's turn things over to Bo, who every time he sees an eight-legged arachnid, starts screaming incessantly like a woman till everyone around him turns away in disgust. To introduce us to the idea of what would happen if the insect world decided to flip the script and teach us humans a thing or two about pest extermination. So I'm going to bug out, teehee, and hand things over to Bo to introduce us to Kingdom of the Spiders. Bo, uh, take it away.
1: Hello. My name is Bo, and I love monster movies. Hi, Hi, bye bye. For longtime listeners of this show, that admission won't come as much of a surprise. For the rest of you, let me describe the scene. The house I grew up in had a finished basement, the late 70s, early 80s kind, with shag carpeting and wood paneled walls. There was a cheap couch down there, and a television and a VCR. For you youngsters, a VCR was a box that streamed a movie from old magnetic tapes and had the resolution of most amateur porn, or did before amateur porn became pretty impressive in its resolution, allowing you to see every carbuncle on the ass of the chubby dude who thinks this is finally going to get him out of that job as a balancer. But I digress. Camera World was a big deal when I was a kid. A shop that not only sold cameras and camera accessories, but was one of the first places you could rent VHS tapes which were the big tapes you fed into the VCRs. And not only did Camera World rent VHS tapes, they had a catalog of every title they had in stock, complete with film titles, a short description, and a box to the left. You could check off the ones you'd seen or the ones you wanted to see. Look, you can have your Torahs and Holy Bibles and Korans. This was my scripture. I would pour over that catalog, checking off all the movies I wanted to see. As someone who had at least one issue of Fangoria taken away from me in middle school by teachers way too uncool to appreciate the art of Rob Bottine and Kevin Yeager, Screaming Mad George and Tom Savini, going through that catalog of movies from Camera World was a gift. I'll never forget the description of the original Evil Dead including the phrase, quote, the goriest film of all time, end quote. Well, I had to see that. And I came by it honestly. One of the first movies I ever saw in the theater was the Ridley Scott classic Alien. I don't even remember seeing it, I was really young, but I very much remember asking my mother why on earth they'd taken me to see something like that at the age of five. I wouldn't turn six for another four months. Her response, because you wouldn't shut up about it. Apparently, I caught the preview for Alien on television and I was obsessed. I hounded my parents about seeing this movie until they finally relented to shut me up. And did I cower in fear? Did I hide my eyes? Nope. According to the story I got years later, I stood on the seat, leaning forward with my arms folded on the seat in front of me, staring wide-eyed up at that screen. I don't think you blinked the whole time, she said. You weren't scared. You were in awe. That Christmas, further pestering got me an Alien doll of sorts, with a button you could depress on the back of its elongated head to extend the metallic inner jaws and a skull that glowed in the dark. I don't know why, but it was obvious from the first encounter I had with the Horrific, it wasn't just for me, it was part of who I was. And after Alien, there was the Saturday matinees on cable, something I deeply miss. Broadcast stations, and a few cable channels when that came along, would show old Universal monster movies, or movies from that gothic British House of Horrors, Hammer Film Productions, or kaiju movies from Toho Films, and plenty of cheapo monster movies made for drive-ins in the 60s and 70s. Sometimes they'd opt for kung fu theater instead, but the creature features, those were the ones I adored. I'd be content with the more psychological tales of killers gone crazy in old mansions, But I was entranced by the sci-fi movies of the 1950s, where science or the desire to know more than mankind ever should resulted in some horrific beast or beasts with elimination of humanity on their mind. What I didn't appreciate then was that these were highly moralistic tales, movies meant to teach us all that some things we as a species should never tamper with. Godzilla, a truly fine and dark movie that has been lightened by its increasingly silly sequels, is a stark warning about the cost of atomic energy, not surprising from the country that had seen two of its cities nearly vaporized less than a decade before. Not only was Godzilla a frequently haunting and grim tale, it did a lot of business. Them, which is a truly outstanding bit of sci-fi horror from the same year as Godzilla, 1954, gave us giant ants, grown super-sized thanks to nuclear testing in the American deserts. Only through science and a healthy application of flamethrowers can the ants be stopped from taking over the world, culminating in a battle in the sewers of Los Angeles. Did I mention it's an amazing movie? Good. It's worth repeating. Them is awesome. There were a slew of giant bug movies to follow, Everything from Big Grasshoppers and Beginning of the End to The Deadly Mantis, Earth vs. The Spider, The Fly, The Wasp Woman, The Black Scorpion, you get the idea. You give Hollywood, or fringe directors that wanted a piece of the Hollywood dream, an animal, and they'll make it bigger and meaner, and oh by the way, they are almost always the result of atomic energy, or experiments into genetic research, or pesticides, or just about anything humans dumped into or onto the land. This whole act got classed up when Alfred Hitchcock dropped one of the first significant films in the eco-horror subgenre when The Birds attacked Bodega Bay in 1963. Though the motives of The Birds' insurrection against humanity is left largely unstated, the film and Hitchcock himself suggested that humanity's misappropriation and abuse of natural resources was to blame. And then a couple of movies landed in the 1970s that would change the game. First, there was Jaws in 1975. I hope I don't have to tell you what a masterpiece that is. More an attack on consumerism than an eco-horror movie, thematically speaking, it nonetheless proved that a movie about a big animal what eats people could be astoundingly successful. And so it launched a wave of imitators. There was Orca with Pick 6 alum Bo Derek and Richard Harris about a killer, uh, killer whale, a personal favorite of mine, or tentacles about a killer octopus after Shelley Winters for some reason. Alligator in 1980, Piranha in 1978, Grizzly in 1976 in which Andrew Prine and Christopher George blow up a 16-foot grizzly with a bazooka. Ugh, it is sublime. The swarm had killer bees coming after us, a big fear through the 70s and 80s as rumors of swarms of killer bees were coming up from South America to murder god-fearing Americans. And with those bees came tarantulas, in movies like the one we'll discuss tonight, and Tarantulas, The Deadly Cargo, in which tarantulas sneak in through boxes of bananas. Yeah, there's a hint of xenophobia in some of these, but we were scared of everything. It was the 70s. If the DDT didn't kill us, the nukes would. Oh, and sharks weren't ignored. Direct copies of Jaws came in the form of Great White and Mako Jaws of Death and The Last Shark, and that's before you get into Jaws sequels and later movies like Deep Blue Sea and all that Sharknado nonsense. But I mentioned that there were two movies in the 70s that made an impact. The first was Jaws. The second was an Australian movie called Long Weekend in 1978. In that film, a couple go away to vacation on the titular Long Weekend and find that animals have decided to put people at the bottom of the food chain. It's a really terrific little shocker, and most clearly makes the point that if people keep attacking the planet with pollution and oil drilling and manipulation of the environment, eventually Earth is going to fight back. The ecological conservation movement has always been with us, way back to Teddy Roosevelt declaring land for state parks. But with the increase in nuclear energy use and the resulting waste, renewed concerns over fossil fuels after scientists learned what such use was doing to the atmosphere, and a wave of experimental drugs pushed onto a populace that, in some cases, resulted in deformities and death, well, it seemed like we were headed for disaster. Good thing we got all that squared away and there's no climate crisis anymore. What's that? I'm hearing from our producer that there is, in fact, a continuing climate crisis. Well, shit. Anyway, Long Weekend wasn't simply the high-water mark of a series of movies that use humanity's abuse of the world around us as the premise for, you guessed it, more monsters, It was a sample of a bunch of movies coming out with roughly the same theme. Day of the Animals had Leslie Nielsen fighting a bear while shirtless. Nielsen, not the bear. After the depletion of the ozone layer makes all the animals go crazy. Food of the Gods gave us giant-sized rabbits and chickens after contamination of the food supply given to our domestic animals. Prophecy had mercury poisoning as the means by which a giant bear becomes a gross mutant. Squirm had worms going carnivorous following exposure to electricity. Slugs got in on the action in 1988, the same year experiments on cockroaches resulted in the killer bug movie The Nest. Frogs besieged a Flannery O'Connor-esque family, including Ray Milland, in 1972, in Frogs. And so there was this convergence of ideas here. Not only were we as a species screwing up the planet enough that the other residents were getting pretty hot under the furry and or chitinous collar about it, but that animals and insects could be our undoing if we didn't take it seriously. Phase four is a tremendous example of this convergence. The only movie directed by title sequence genius, Saul Bass. In phase four, plain old ants begin to evolve very quickly resulting in a new world order in which ants are the dominant species. It is trippy, bizarre, and a science fiction tale the likes of which we have never seen again. But for now, let's get back to that pale, doughy kid in the Finnish basement in the early 80s, watching Creature Features on a Saturday afternoon, rather than, you know, participate in sports or go out into the hateful sun. The one with the list of movies to see in that Camera World catalog. I would stay up late into the night, especially when summer rolled around, watching all the horror movies I could get my chubby little fingers on. Late one night, I happened to be shirtless and watching something terrible I'm sure. I felt a tickle on my back, idly brushed it away, and flung off my back a spider that appeared to me to be something like, I don't know, a foot and a half across in size. Fangs dripping with venom, its rows of eyes staring into mine hairy legs moving in that weird, asynchronous rhythm all spiders have. It horrified me, sending me racing upstairs, and I think that's where my fear of spiders began. Movies like the one we'll discuss tonight, as well as the aforementioned Tarantulas, The Deadly Cargo, and even the 1955 Tarantula, they all creep me out. I never cared for spiders, and the movies love to capitalize on such a fear, all the way up to 1990s arachnophobia. A year before his face became the visage of that horror icon Michael Myers, William Shatner appeared in another horror film, the eco-horror thriller Kingdom of the Spiders, the subject of tonight's discussion. It was helmed by Bud Cardos, an actor and stuntman who also directed The Dark, The Daytime Ended, and Mutant, all notably weird movies. He was also, interestingly, one of the so-called bird wranglers on the set of Hitchcock's The Birds. For his movie about spiders set loose on a remote Arizona town, he was going to need that wrangling expertise. Handling a tarantula invasion on a movie set is tough. For one thing, you have to get a lot of tarantulas. The production paid $10 for every spider that amateur spider wranglers and collectors could provide, and they ended up buying about 5,000 tarantulas to supplement the rubber mock-ups and even painted-on tarantulas that cover the buildings and people of Verde Valley during the attack of the tarantulas. So these 5,000 or so tarantulas had to be kept in individual climate-controlled containers to keep the spiders warm and away from each other. As the film rightly points out, tarantulas are cannibalistic when placed in numbers together. Also, they tend to be shy creatures, and fans and tubes of air had to be used to get the spiders to move in the direction of the people they were supposed to be attacking. There were few incidents of people being bitten by the spiders on set, which are nowhere near as deadly as the movies would have you believe, a tarantula bite, complete with venom, is roughly the equivalent of a bee sting. Most injuries from the spiders came from the hairy spines on them, called urticating bristles, the same stuff that is often used to make itching powder. Damn you slightly irritating spider hair! The film had a budget of about 500000 which means, if you do the math, about 10% of the budget went to buying spiders. The cast is largely comprised of B actors, including its in star William Shatner, who was convinced by Bud Cardos, the director, to do the movie by appealing to the actor's ecological bent. Shatner was an outspoken anti-DDT advocate and remains an environmental advocate and naturalist. He's an accomplished equestrian too. Hopefully we'll have an opportunity to focus more on Shatner in a future episode as he's a fascinating character. Suffice to say, for purposes of this film, he was intent on getting an ecological message across and naming his co-star in the movie. He specifically wanted a woman working across from him who did not fear spiders. Enter Tiffany Bowling, who had coincidentally played Spider Lady on Woman and Dinah Girl. She popped up on all kinds of television in the 70s, from Mannix to The Man from Atlantis. Also, her mother is the operator who gets all webbed up in this movie. The music was swiped from old Twilight Zone episodes, music stings written by Jerry Goldsmith for the most part, and the borrowing didn't end there. You might notice a certain similarity in the structure of this movie to one involving a giant shark. Big and financially important event in the community coming up? Check. Craven mayor more interested in local economy than saving lives? Check. Band of heroes trying to convince others of a coming animal attack? Check, check, check. Like a lot of these movies, the elements of Jaws are not tough to spot, but as these things go... It fits with relative ease in this arachnid story. Fun fact, Steven Zalian was one of the editors on this movie, who went on to write Schindler's List and Awakenings and Gangs of New York. Not too shabby, Steve Zalian. Off its half-a-million-dollar budget, it grossed about $17 million. Not bad for a cheapo Bugs Attack movie. A sequel was announced, and Shatner was even picked to direct as well as star, but the money fell through before that ever went to filming. And while we will certainly mock this movie, I have to say, it still creeps me out! Some of the imagery of the citizens lying dead in the streets, covered in spiders and their webbing. Ugh. And the final matte painting is one of my favorite gags in all the movies I've seen. And that's a lot of movies! Despite all its cheapness and rickety plotting, it genuinely affected a bunch of people who saw it. There are a ton of people I know who cite this as one of the creepier movies they saw in their childhood and specific shots still haunt them. Like that scene of the vampire kid at the window in Salem's Lot, that sort of reaction. For some of us, there is something about the creepy crawling scope of this movie, or the final and incredibly bleak parting shot that lives in the basement of our id, a nasty little memory to scare ourselves when fumbling for that light switch in a finished basement, the night too dark to see. What if your hand doesn't land on the light switch? What if, instead... You find a hairy, faint visitor where that switch should have been. And what if he brought friends? But enough of my neurosis, let's get my own friend Chad in here for some backup to stave off this uncanny invasion of eight legged monsters. Get out your VHS catalog because it's time to check off another buggy monster movie. Ladies and gentlemen, Tarantulas and Tarantellas. It's 1977's Kingdom of the Spiders. Well, welcome back to episode four of season 11 of Pick 6 Movies this season, of course. We're all gonna die! Uh, this time, we, we had the, the aliens, we had the plants, we had the the, uh, the outbreak monkeys, mm-hmm. which weren't specifically the threat of outbreak, but there was an outbreak monkey and there should have been more of them. And this time, it's it's spiders, Chad, which is uh, of, of particular interest to me because I can't stand spiders.
0: Yeah. This movie doesn't feel as globally impactful at the onset, but by the time you get to that final, shocking, memorable scene of the movie, yeah, it really lets you know you know bad things are happening to the people of Earth. And then for the people watching the film, they're like, thank God this is over. I never want to see this again unless I'm Bo Ransdell.
1: <laughs> right. Which... I watched this to do the notes. I had seen it a million times before. I've, I've seen Kingdom of the Spiders easily n- no less than a dozen times and watched it uh, to do the notes and then watched it again about a week later just for Goose uh, be- because I enjoy this movie a lot.
0: Yeah. Prior to doing it for this podcast, I'd seen this movie zero times. I've now watched it twice and I will never watch it again. And I just want to say that I think that there's a real tradition that I'm beginning to see here on Pick Six Movies, where when you pick your three movies, inevitably one of those movies will most certainly rate as the worst movie we've seen when we rank them at the end of the sixth episodes because last season it was the chase before that it was graveyard shift only because we couldn't find a copy of the movie the night flyer for me to watch yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, anywhere and i can say with 100 certainty this is the worst thing that i will review this season
1: yes for you personally although what's interesting to me because i did a little bit of investigation after after your reaction kind of surprised me of like this is the worst thing we've ever done and i was like really like we did wing commander
0: Mm-hmm. We did. It's Pat. That was terrible.
1: Yeah. So I did a little, you know, back of the envelope math and uh, very, in in fairness, superficial research. I did not do a a poll a of a scientific variety, mm-hmm. but in just a couple of internet searches of general reviews of this movie. Generally speaking, it kind. I I think it kind of lands somewhere in the middle for most people most people are like oh yeah the the end of this is good and the rest of it's kind of cheap and so i i think i'm not saying that i am more right about this i don't think that such a thing exists when you're talking about movies but i think that generally speaking this the movie is seen more favorably than say the cooper household saw it <laughs>
0: Well, that's because the people watching this movie are wackadoo cuckoo heads. The normal people of the world aren't watching this. A William Shatner movie about killer spiders. Yeah. Right. I want to add, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that you introduce these types of movies to me. It certainly opens my eyes to different flavors of cinema that I would have otherwise clearly have ignored. But for me, it's like eating warm egg salad or fresh cut durian. It's offensive on so many levels and leaves this memorable impression that you just can't ignore once it's gone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. An indelible scar upon the psyche. And that's what all good films should do. (laughs) this was uh originally released in 1977 stars william shatner who is making his uh, debut on pick six movies which is kind of shocking that we have done 11 seasons or you know more than halfway through 11 seasons now and he's just now showing up on our radar
0: yeah well he does star trek and he does cameos here and there so a lot of the stuff that we do doesn't necessarily seem to be the the swim lanes that he splashes around in
1: (laughs) yeah although at some point i feel like we need to hit at least one of those star trek movies probably the one with the whales probably anyway we'll get that. that's one of the
0: good ones isn't it
1: Mm, is it chad
0: i don't know i don't know jack shit about star trek i barely know stuff about star wars i probably know more about star jones than i do about star
1: trek is she she was the talk show host right
0: how dare you sir
1: this is one of those things that is quickly <laughs> fading from my memory i haven't thought about the name star jones <laughs> in some time it wasn't it a lady i don't even remember that for sure now i'm maybe i'm thinking of van jones are van jones and star jones the same person are they related did star jones ever interview van jones
0: you know, Bo, you can go look up those answers for yourself. You know how the internet
1: works. I probably won't. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> let, let's get into this Star jones movie. Yes. Uh, we open on trilling violins and the shocking title, Kingdom of the Spiders.
0: Mm-hmm. You get all these barren shots of Arizona where there are all of these water-carved rock structures of the American Southwest. To me, it looked like the pre-game loading screens of Red Dead Redemption.
1: Yeah, uh, except the music is worse here. Oh, God. This song about Verde Valley is...
0: Peaceful Verde Valley by Dorsey
1: Burnett. (laughs) Yeah, it's real trash. (laughs) <laughs> and, and if you liked it on the front end or you hated it, regardless, you're going to get it on the back end, too, so don't even worry about it. I
0: didn't even know who this guy was. I looked his name up on the, on IMDB, and he had a credit for Pulp Fiction. It turns out that he wrote that Ricky Nelson song, "Waitin' in School, which is the song Vincent Vega and Mia Wallace hear as they walk into Jackrabbit Slims.
1: I also like, uh, speaking of music in the film, the music su- supervisor mm-hmm. of Kingdom of the Spiders is Ego Cantor. And not a lot of people know this, Chad. He is actually a distant cousin of Evo Shandor, who, of course, designed the building that Dana Barrett lived in. How do you own a Blu-ray of this movie? <laughs> yeah, how did they make a Blu-ray of this movie is the better question. You entered a contest and lost.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> well, shout out to Waldorf and Statler for that oldie but goodie.
1: This is a movie that has lived in my subconscious because of the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie. Uh, I generally, like, as a kid, I found that terrifying. And, and even as an adult, when I watch this movie uh, as many times as I do, one of the reasons is because the last, you know, from uh parade on, or not, it's not even a parade, it's just the town going to shit. From that point on, I think the movie is creepy. But uh, enough about Evo Shandor and his musical contributions. So after all this terrible country music and whatnot, we go to what one presumes is a dirt farm, because that's all that's there, where we see a couple who are the Colbys, who own a ranch uh, near peaceful Verde Valley. Mm -hmm. And they are having an engaging conversation, Chad, about how proud they are of their new calf.
0: Yes. This is a cow named Bertha. That is definitely on the fast track to win the top prize at the county fair. And this husband and wife, they talk about how Bertha the cow only has one more week left on the job till she can retire from the police force and pursue that lifelong dream of living on a fishing boat down in the islands. They put a, a red shirt on her. and then the-
1: <laughs> She's got... All the information about who killed Kennedy right here. It goes all the way to the top, honey.
0: She's mentoring this other young cow that's destined for greatness, but just needs a catalyst in his young life to begin a journey of discovery.
1: (laughs) Right. So they go inside, content that their cow is just fine.
0: And then everything suddenly shifts into slow motion as dramatic music starts playing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah it's very psycho-esque <laughs> and in yeah. spider cam our first uh our, our first taste of spider cam in the movie mm-hmm. or snake cam it could be snake cam but i i think given the context could be of hasselhoff
0: the cam <laughs> my,
1: little, little cow <laughs> so, so spiders are approaching from the
0: left and the right and the front
1: and the back this cow's gonna get it bo Oh, yeah. And we get a freeze frame on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) It's like an animal house
0: where that horse died. Yeah.
1: And immediately, I love everything that's happening in this movie. We've got a cow attacked by spiders. We've got freeze frame and we've got bad country music. I don't know. We could stop right here and it's the best movie we're talking about all season as far as I'm concerned. Oh, my God. But (laughs) (laughs) then, Chad, we cut to the star of the movie. Absolutely. William Shatner, Bill Shatner, Mm -hmm. riding on horseback with a lasso. In blue jeans, a pressed white shirt,
0: and an oversized cowboy hat. And according to me, two of those three things make sense in this scene.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He is with his, who we will discover later, is is his Mm -hmm. sister-in-law, is who he's riding out on on the range with. His
0: dead brother's wife.
1: Yes. And they're chasing this cow that's on the run.
0: Yeah. It might be a steer or a moose. I don't know. I didn't participate
1: in 4-H. Yes. I know so little about about animal husbandry, Chad. No. Or wife injury. (laughs) Right. I was going to say, I don't know why it's called husbandry. Why is not (laughs) it just people injury? They they tie up the cow. They get it. Shatner
0: ties up the cow. Yes. And the movie makes sure that you know it's Shatner, roping and wrangling this animal. And then he goes over and gives the cow a shot in the ass with a syringe. So at this point you're like, well, maybe Shatner's a veterinarian, or maybe he's like a cow pimp that keeps all these bovines strung out on the good stuff to keep them walking the streets at night. <laughs>
1: Get out there, cow. <laughs> I've got the cow knocked out. Put a ball gag in its mouth. Quick. And my note here was buy the ticket, take the ride, cow. <laughs> Terry,
0: this female companion who's riding a horse with him. She says, that was adequate. And then Shatner says, adequate? What are you talking about? It was... Damn good, and you know it. And then the steer runs off, and then Terry goes over, and she approaches Shatner, and then Shatner takes his lasso, and he chases after Terry, and he eventually lassos her, and the two tumble to the ground. And Terry laughs and laughs with giddy delight. She's like playfully objecting to Shatner's mild sexual assault, and she's like, "Stop, stop, stop, John," which isn't William Shatner's name in this movie. It's the name of his dead brother that we mentioned earlier, and this again is his widowed sister-in-law and Shat. Adner just throws Terry into the dirt and he says, I may be a lot of things, but I'm not my brother. John isn't around anymore. It's time you just get used to it.
1: Yeah, and she is completely bummed that she screwed up their pasture makeout session. Like, she was down for it.
0: Do you really think that that it was going to be a makeout session? I think that if she hadn't mentioned his dead brother's name, these two would have literally and figuratively have been knocking boots in the Arizona sun.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm using makeout session the way uh, I, I would have in high school, which means I'm trying to get it wet.
0: It seems kind of dangerous to me to have sex out in Arizona in the middle of the day with the heat, because that kind of UV action on your bare ass, that's not safe at all you know there are some people that actually believe that sunning your perineum which is also known as the taint is a way to regulate hormones and sleep patterns and recently josh brolin who is not in this movie he played thanos he reportedly got his asshole sunburned while perineum sunning and according to brolin he quote burned his pucker hole (laughs) (laughs)
1: oh man you know here's the one thing i've learned probably more than anything during this whole quarantine situation Mm -hmm. anything a celebrity does aside from being a movie or sing a song couldn't give a shit less about what but! what a bunch of needy little bitches they are
0: (laughs) come on now josh brolin did come out and recommend against the practice of perennium sunning after this and i also assume that he doesn't recommend you know fucking your dead brother's wife as well
1: right but coming out against a stupid thing after you did the stupid thing that doesn't award you any points
0: well that's how we learn bo we (laughs) fall down and we get up we can be a lighthouse to other people
1: yeah but there's such a thing as just like innate knowledge of like (laughs) i should tan my my taint Mm, no you shouldn't (laughs) <laughs> nah, we're just going to skip that. After he screws up his chance to dip his wick with his, his sister-in-law, or, you know, like he could have let that go. He, Call me whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, But instead, he rides out to meet the Colbys. Well, at this point, Shatner's pager
0: goes off. Because it's the late 1970s, and only doctors, pimps, and drug dealers were the ones that were using pagers at this time. Except for Bill Shatner, who is also, hypothetically, a pimp and a drug dealer. So he's a triple threat, you know?
1: Yeah, but he's also given out a lot of those vet drugs to the local populace, I'm sure. (laughs) I've got some cat tranquilizers I think you'll find are quite good
0: somehow his pager talks to him and it says dr william shatner veterinarian and experienced cowboy you need to go to walter colby's house his prize cow bertha needs a pimp slap to keep her in line so (laughs) Shatner's off to the colby house to check on this cow that cow better not call me john
1: (laughs) so the calf is already in colby's truck It's like loaded up to take him to the vet the the farmer colby uh is like hey i got a lot of money tied up in this cow and it looks like it walked into a hornet's nest or something. Mm-hmm. And then Shanner just rubs the cow's head and does like a mind meld with it. And he's like, yeah, boy, this cow's in rough shape. I'm going to let you know in a few hours what's happening. <coughs> and so he goes back to his lab slash office slash distribution center. Mm-hmm. And takes some swabs and then he tells Mildred the operator, because this is one of those like 70s setups where all the phone calls are going through Mildred in town. Yeah. And she knows everything because she ain't hanging up when she connects. And he tells her, call the Leban Flagstaff. Tell him I'm on my
0: way. Shatner then goes outside and he tells Colby, your calf's dead. I did everything I could, but she died before I could see her. Look, kids in the hall for you. And
1: yeah, a callback. <laughs> We've used that joke on this show before, as a matter of fact. But <laughs> And Colby
0: says Ain't that a crock? Which is short for crock of shit. And I only bring this up because my father used that phrase a lot. Like this is a crock. He didn't say crock of shit. And that phrase derives from an ancient Roman custom where people would literally shit into a pot if they were particularly bored by whichever freelance philosopher happened to be talking rubbish at the time. And the Roman empire employed crock monitors who were each assigned to a specific philosopher and it was their job to monitor the pot or crock and should the crock become full it would be presented to the philosopher who was obliged by law to announce that it bore a remarkable resemblance to himself thus proclaiming he was full of crap and was in fact talking a crock of shit so a crock of shit is sort of an early form of online comments and the internet
1: we should have just stopped there that would have made the world better.
0: Imagine listening to a philosopher and just being like, "Is bullshit. Nah, <laughs> honey, I'll be back. And just going up and just shitting in his bucket. That's what I think of your philosophy, Plato,
1: you <laughs> jack off. <laughs> I mean, is that better or worse than YouTube comments? No, it's the same thing. What well, are you trying to sit here and tell me that if I gaze long enough into the abyss the abyss will gaze back into me hang hey, on hold, hold, hold my beer, hold my beard terry that's what i think of you and your abyss frederick nietzsche what what uh, kantian concepts of the superlative of the good what that that no matter what i do it is fated and therefore not part of my own sense of will what hey, hang on <laughs> there there that that's what i think of about your predeterminism <laughs> where's John Stewart Mill? What uh, the the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few? Uh, Bill Shatner, what do you what do you say about that? Uh no, the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many. That's what I'm talking about. You want to shit in it, Shatner? Or do you want me to? I'm happy to. I got plenty in the chamber. <laughs> I went to a golden corral earlier today in preparation for this. I ain't nothing but soft serve and macaroni and cheese. I am loaded for. For mayor. Shatner says, I'm going
0: to Flagstaff with some blood samples. Maybe I'll come back with some answers. And so Shatner drives up to Flagstaff, accompanied by some real high energy jazz. <laughs> and then it's yeah. followed by some a few nice bars of walking music as we see him walk into, quote, the lab in Flagstaff.
1: The Department of Animal Pathology is what's on the sign there. Yeah, no, I didn't read that. Yeah, I like the fact that this music he's listening to could have been the music in any 1970s era game show as they describe the price yeah it's and then nighttime falls at the colby farm chad Mm-hmm. and he kicks his dog walt outside get on out of here walt and uh he says that they've lost this thousand dollars worth of prize money that they were going to get at the fair which is like two hundred thousand dollars in today's money i presume right and he says you know what this is and his wife just goes i know and as part of the audience, I'm like, go on. And then they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I want one of those like War of the Worlds newscasters to be, or from The Happening or something, where they're just like, well, what they're talking about, Bo, is racism. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. I get it now.
0: Oh, I didn't even think about that.
1: I'm I'm relatively certain given my dozens of, of viewings of this movie that that's what it is that's the fan fiction I've created for this scene. I got gotcha. you. But all they do is just like <laughs> you know it's favoritism. You got who knows who. And over here, yeah, it's it's a real mess.
0: So you're you're positing that because uh, Colby, the farmer, who mm-hmm. I don't know if we mentioned, he's a black guy, yeah. um and his wife is black. And that this is just sort of his way of saying this is another example of the man keeping me down
1: yes that it
0: could be i mean i could see
1: that that uh probably local white folk are sneak- there's a lot of them <laughs> there are honestly the colby's by the way uh woody strode the guy who plays walt kobe, walter kobe colby in this movie
0: impressive resume
1: yeah yeah he was in like 10 commandments and all kinds of stuff he's uh, yeah. uh the king of ethiopian 10 commandments if, if memory serves He was in spartacus bunch of stuff but anyway yeah that that, that the white folk in the, the neighborhood are at night just kind of belly crawling under the fence where the cow is and then biting
0: the cow, one presumes? This is you making shit up again. I don't know what you're talking
1: about. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I'm just trying to figure out like what, what Colby thinks is happening. Anyway, so outside the dog is whining and then just runs off into the night.
0: Well, the Border Collie hears a weird noise, you know, down a dark road. Maybe this Border Collie should go investigate that weird noise in the dark all alone by itself. I, You know, I'm sure this Border Collie is going to be just fine.
1: Look, every animal so far in this movie, A-OK.
0: We cut to a gas station where this old codger has a cow in the back seat of a sun-faded El Camino. And for those who don't know what an El Camino is, it's half car and half truck smashed together. And the El Camino was adapted from like a standard two-door Chevrolet station wagon platform. And they kind of took the cab of the car and smacked on the truck bed in the back. It's like a Minotaur on wheels.
1: Yeah, we had one when I was a kid. When I was very young, we had an El Camino.
0: Well, not only is there a car in the backseat of the El Camino, in the bed of this car truck, there's a rooster in a cage and a a bale of hay. (laughs) And I think that this old codger who owns this car bought it with these animals already inside.
1: It was like, look, the car's going to cost you 200 100 if you take the animals.
0: Maybe he bought the cow and the rooster and the car came as a bonus freebie. Right. You know, because if you're traveling with a cow in the backseat of your car for any distance, once you remove the cow, the only next step that you have to take is to set that car on fire and walk away.
1: I have also seen one of my cars on fire. That's a good time. <laughs>
0: was there a cow in the
1: backseat? Sadly, no, because then at least I would have gotten lunch out of it.
0: This old cadre at the gas station, which this the building for the gas station looks like it's out of the slums of Calcutta. The whole (laughs) building is just made from scrap sheet metal and ropes and boards that the ocean belched up and just random debris gathered off the interstate.
1: This whole town, Chad. Is one of those towns that when you hear, like, it just dried up and nobody lives there anymore, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I see that. (laughs) Like, you got to get the hell out of here as quick as you can. The only children in town are the ones not yet old enough to get a driver's license and drive away from this town.
0: Yeah, or they don't have the moral fortitude to hitchhike their way the hell out of Shitburg, (laughs) USA.
1: Yeah, not willing to make the compromise of using their sexuality to get them a ride out of town sure
0: (laughs) next to this old codger is this gas station attendant and after about 20 seconds of inspection the gas station attendant says yep you got a flat tire the way i see it you're gonna need a new tire and i'm like dude this harkens back to the glory days of full service gas stations doesn't it bo
1: well yeah i like even i only remember those so well that was on the the ass end of our childhood
0: See, this attendant says, I'll sell you one for $22. And the old codger says, That's it. I only got $5. And then the gas station attendant, he thinks about it for a very long time. And then he says, eh, I'll go down to $18. And then the old codger says, fuck this noise. And he gets in this El Camino and just drives off on this shredded rubber wrapped rim of a wheel with a cow in the back seat and the rooster in the bed of this truck car.
1: Yeah. And and the guy who owns the place is like, oh wait, wait, Clyde, hang on one second. God damn it. Look, let me I can't sell you a new tire for five dollars. Let me check in the shed and see if I've got an old tire back there. And he tells him to pull up ahead like he's waiting for hot fries at McDonald's. <laughs> And then, as this scene is unfolding, like there in the theaters, there was no seating during this scene. Chad, the tension was so high. Yes. And Rack, A.K.A. William Shatner, it's worth pointing out. William Shatner's name in this film is Rack Hansen, which had we'll get to, to be. To, we'll get to that later. So, he pulls up uh, to gas up his truck. And as he pulls up, we see uh, what will come into play a little bit later. We see this like old World War I plane flying yeah. overhead. And they're like, oh, there goes Baron. He's crop dusting in his plane from the big one.
0: Yeah, it's this yellow biplane. And the gas station attendant says, Baron sure can fly that machine, can like, he? Why did you call it a machine and not an airplane? You're an auto mechanic.
1: Yeah, though no, he is amazed by the power of flight. It, it probably seems a little bit magical still to him, you know, <laughs> like instead of fuel, it just uses pixie dust and wishes.
0: Shatner starts pumping his own gas and the gas attendant says, thanks for doing my job, stranger. And Shatner says, no problem. Why don't you go sell another tire, you hillbilly? And the gas station says, yes, sir. And he just hustles off to go see if he's got a used tire to put on the El Camino cowmobile. mobile.
1: And so he goes into this shed, chat that is just dripping with spider webs. like he opens it up, the whole place is webbed up and he just goes,
0: boy spiders are sure having a field day in here. Well tarantulas are native to Arizona, which may account for the fact that his reaction is just to when he sees a tarantula, he just tosses off to the side and spits some tobacco juice on it.
1: Yeah, and he calls the spider an ugly, you ugly shit. He finds it, like this is one of my nightmares, Shad. reaching into any like dark space and mm-hmm. pulling out a giant ass hairy spider, which is what he does. Throws it aside, spits on it, calls it an ugly shit, and the spider literally chases him to the door. Like, you son of call me an ugly shit, I'm about, I'll fuck you up. When he slams the door shut,
0: it really smacks this spider <laughs> backward. Yeah. And by the time you get to the end of this film, there is no way that the closing credits included the disclaimer that no animals were harmed during the production of this movie.
1: They kill a shit ton of tarantulas in this movie.
0: Dude, they get tossed, slapped, dropped, flung, stepped on, run over by cars. They're emotionally disparaged throughout the whole movie.
1: Honestly, if if we're going to consider Tarantulas a minority, then this is a spiderist film. Yeah, so the spider gets hilariously knocked on its ass, and then we see as outside a pretty lady mm-hmm. drives up in her Mercedes convertible. Yeah,
0: it's got that nice red leather
1: interior. Corinthian leather, Chad.
0: Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather.
1: We see a sign for the local festival being hung, uh, while Mildred, who's running the phones, watches from behind her plate glass window as this convertible goes by. Yeah.
0: It's being driven by Diane Ashley, Dr. Diane Ashley, our movie scientist from the lab in Flagstaff. Yes. And look, this movie is a Jaws ripoff, as you noted. So the spiders are the shark.
1: Yes. Is Diane Ashley Hooper? Yes, she is the Matt Hooper of this movie. Is Shatner Quint? Yeah, no, Shatner would be Roy Scheider. But he's not afraid of spiders. No, he's not. And because this movie isn't a complete carbon copy, just mostly. So there's no Quint? Unless you consider maybe the sheriff Quint? I don't. Yeah. I mean, not really. There's nobody that's like, <laughs> I was on a carousel. The carousel broke down. There were spiders all over the, car- the ground or outside the carousel. Me, 12 other kids went onto the ground that day. Four of us <laughs> came back. Spiders got the rest.
0: Except for Billy Johnson. He ran off. He had to get home. He had a piano lesson later that afternoon.
1: Yeah, you don't have that story. Um, <laughs> but... Diane Ashley, as she's cruising through town and getting uh, a little bit of uh, eye traffic, um, we leave her to cut back to Shatner, who's trying to figure out why he's got extra parts left over from this engine at the gas station. And then Diane Ashley pulls up beside him. And here's where things get hilarious, Chad. Because she (coughs) says, hey, you. Fill up my car, but don't get any grease on the hood. Here's what
0: she says, because I quoted this. Diane Ashley pulls into a full service ramshackle gas station. She sees William Shatner with his head under his car on the flip side of the pumps. And she says, and I quote, will you fill it up, please? And Shatner gives her this, are you talking to me, lady? look. Which, this is not an unreasonable request. This would be equivalent to walking around Target in a red polo and having someone ask you where they can find dog food or tampons and you just being shocked and outraged at the question.
1: Which I am all the time.
0: And then she says, will you look under the hood, please, and don't get any grease on the paint. Again, I do not consider this to be an unreasonable request. And she said, please. And Shatner just gets his panties in a bunch and he uses this real yokel dialect and he's like, oh no ma'am I'll bet this car goes real fast and he bangs (laughs) his arm on the door frame yeah and then she says hey
1: look hayseed don't get grease on my car I need a hotel room where should I go and he tells her oh well you can go up to Washburn's Lodge and M.L. fix you up real good yeah And then Diane
0: Ashley says, all right, great. You know what? Look, I got to take a wicked déchanel. Where's the ladies room? And Shatner says, oh, it's down there on the left, but it's out of order. Toilet is clogged up with shit because us men folk were in there because we don't want to shit in the man's toilet. So we shit in the ladies toilet. But you can use the man's toilet if you like. I'll stay and watch because I like watching pretty women go to the bathroom. And Diane Ashley's like, look, I'll manage just fine. And the erection in your pants is both disgusting
1: and impressive. So good day to you, sir. She takes off for the men's room. Mm-hmm. She's going to go drop a Zoe off at the pool. Yeah. And then <laughs> out comes the actual grease monkey of the, the full service gas station. Yep. And Shatner is like, Hey, fill up the lady's car. Don't get grease on the paint. Also, she's in the men's room. And when the mechanic is like, what is she doing in the men's room? And he goes, you'll just have to ask her wink. Wow. And the- <laughs> yeah, and it's like all oh, Shatner's Quite the scamp. And then off he goes. And so then we follow Diane Ashley to the Washburn Lodge. Yep. Which is where we find Emma Washburn on a ladder in the trees. Yes. And this is one of the uh, glimpses at capitalism in the film, Chad. As Emma tells her, the rooms are nine bucks a night. The cabins are 11 bucks. Mm -hmm. And if she wants to get those rates, she needs to lock in right now. Yeah. Because in a week... They're going up so she can squeeze the tourists coming for the county fair. Right. So
0: it's nine for a room, Uh 11 for a cabin, but the rooms are closer to the restaurant and the ice machine, but the cabins give you more privacy than the rooms. But how much room and privacy do you really need? Because maybe the cabin upcharge is a ripoff or maybe it's a bargain. You know what? I make a good salary. I'm going to take the cabin for 11. And if I'm not satisfied, you're probably going to have to replace the plumbing in the bathroom. You know what? Scratch that. Just plan on replacing the plumbing in the bathroom because I eat a lot of shawarma.
1: Also, my friend Zoe Deschanel is going to come to stay for the weekend and she's going <laughs> to absolutely explode part of the cabin. Um, but yeah, so she takes the cabin and Emma tells her, hey, the bar of this place is open till midnight, too. Wink, wink. that's just what time
0: she goes to bed (laughs) she's got a serious drinking problem there's a lot of people in this movie with drinking problems
1: yeah notably the the sheriff but we'll get to that and and the mayor and the
0: veterinarian
1: (laughs) uh is that so much a problem as just life in a small town but emma even helps her with the bags and then they get old fred the handyman who passes by Uh letting us know he exists as a character so that later when he's dead we're like they got old Fred, that? too. Uh, but they go t- to the cabin. And then Diane asks, you know, hey, where can I find the local vet? And Emma says, oh, uh, are you a friend of Rex? And when Diane <laughs> says, no, she says, oh, well, you will be. Rex had his spoon in every pot in town. <laughs> what does that mean? That rax is fucking everything that wants to or not. I'm going to a little later
0: counter that argument with my own personal fan fiction theory about what's going on with Bill Shatner's
1: character in this movie. <laughs> All right. But he is clearly hitting on everything. Um, yeah, I'll tell you what, he ain't sealing the deal. <laughs> Put a pin in that.
0: All right. All right. We cut to some stone brick house where the local sheriff, Sheriff Walter, he's sitting on the porch with Shatner and they're being grumpy about how the university hasn't sent someone with the results of the dead cow blood examination. And there's some discussion of quarantining the cows out at Colby's farm. And then Shatner walks out with a six pack of Miller High Life, which has two beers <laughs> notably already consumed. Oh, I'm yes. assuming by Shatner. And then he gives a beer to the sheriff to drink because he after all, is a rural sheriff in Arizona. And if he's not a little drunk on the job, Bo, he's really not living up to his campaign promises.
1: And then, Chad, the mayor who has rolled up. Mm Mm-hmm. Shatner immediately just gives him a beer, which he also takes and drinks. Yeah. Like, the whole town is just a Miller Lite-based economy, apparently.
0: Shatner's also wearing this pressed pink shirt. He's going to tell you it's salmon, but it's pink.
1: This moment of him coming out with these, this six-pack with a couple missing. It's a, yeah, it's
0: a four-pack.
1: It, <laughs> <laughs> this was one of the moments, even as I watch it again, I'm like, I love everything about this. I love the fact that he's already a couple of beers into the afternoon. Then the sheriff shows up and he's like, on on town business, Chad, as is the mayor. And they're just like, you know what we all need? Another 12-ouncer. Yeah, I'm surprised
0: that the mayor didn't refuse the beer because he had three sitting in the front seat waiting for him <laughs> for the drive back downtown.
1: Nope, got my own. Don't worry about me, Rack.
0: <laughs> the mayor of the city shows up to tell Shatner that he can't close the beaches. I mean, quarantine the Colby place because the county fair is right around the corner. And then the mayor says, Shatner, you yell barracuda. Everybody says, huh, what Did you yell shark? You got a panic on your hands on the 4th of July.
1: Or whatever the equivalent of this movie is. It's the same thing. But we're landlocked, Mayor. Yeah, it, it, it is the, the Jaws moment of Mayor Vaughn not wanting to shut down the beaches.
0: Diane Ashley drives up in her Mercedes convertible and she says, I'm looking for Dr. William Shatner. And they're all standing on this tiny little porch. The mayor says he's right over there, three feet away, striking a pose, looking pensive, staring off in the distance, making you wonder what's on his mind. Can he ever find true love? Is there a woman in the world who hasn't already had his brother's
1: seed inside her that he could call his own well, the real mystery here, Chad, is that he's got his back slightly turned to her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Are you the local vet? And he turns around and he goes, Why, well, yes, I, I am. And she's like, you. And then his first response is, so would you like a beer?
0: Uh (laughs) Oh, I love it. And and sorry about that. You've got to go shit in the men's room gag earlier. We do that to all out of towners.
1: Also, you're going to want to get some soap.
0: You've got crabs.
1: (laughs) And then she hands him some files. She
0: refuses the beer, by the way. She's like, no, I don't want a beer. It's 9.45 in the morning and all
1: three of you should seek professional help. I'm an adult with business to tend to. Yes. In fact, said business is right here in my hand. Here are some files that say you have a serious problem on your hands. (laughs)
0: <laughs> a woman with facts and data. Have you ever seen such a thing, Bo?
1: Well, the mayor's just thrilled to hear that they don't have to quarantine anybody. So he's like, I got county business to run to. Oh, wreck, give me one more of them beers and I'm out of your hair. And so he takes off and the sheriff finally says, well, what killed this cow? And she says, Venom. And Shatner is like... Wait a second. Are you saying that a snake killed this calf? And she says, no. Carcarion, carcarious. <laughs> she says, no, it was spider venom. And Shatner literally laughs in her face. And she's like, look, I don't care what you believe, but I need to see the carcass and I want to tour of this farm. And he goes, well, the calf is in the freezer waiting for a good butcher to cut it up. We can go to the farm in the morning. And hey, would you like to go to dinner tonight? Perhaps no, pantsless? No,
0: I don't want to have dinner. With you. And for the third time, I don't want a beer. Just you're a creep.
1: Look, I got food. I'll see you in the morning, weirdo. She walks off. And as she leaves, <laughs> Shatner says,
0: slick as a gnat's ass. Uh, who is this comment directed to or about is diane ashley slick as a nat's ass is shatner slick as a nat's ass are nat's asses slick is that a good thing is that a bad thing i don't understand any of this
1: this i talk up to when improv goes bad uh but i think it is meant to be about diane ashley she is the slick nat's ass in question okay and at the know, at the lodge, Emma is talking to Diane Ashley, who is, in fact, having a drink. They're uh, at the bar. Yeah. And Emma's like, well, how'd the day go? Diane Ashley is like, ah, you know, I met the sheriff and the mayor and, and that weirdo wreck. And Emma says, you know, mayor's fine, but me and Sheriff Gene, we used to do some fucking... Uh-huh. But now all he's interested in at night is a case of beer, she says.
0: She actually says all he needs now to get him through the night is a case of beer. I guess I kind of wore him out. Mm-hmm. And Emma is implying that she fucked this man to the point to where he became a drunk? Or is she just that good and bad maybe she's that bad and bad
1: she says you know there's a time in life when a man's interest moves up to his stomach presumably from his dick so my take on this whole situation is that sheriff gene eventually got to the point where he was like woman you need to leave my dick alone for a little bit (laughs) and she was like no and he was like you can get the fuck out then i'm just gonna get drunk wink it on occasion and that's gonna do me just fine because i've had enough sex with you to last me the rest of my fucking life.
0: I like that fan fiction. We'll say that that's now canon in the, uh, kingdom of the spiders movie
1: the kingdom of the spider verse
0: there are two other people eating in the lodge Vern and betty johnson mm-hmm. and they're sitting like about 10 feet away from these two talking about how much emma fucks the sheriff and Vern gives it a good old-fashioned spit take as emma describes how she sexually destroyed this law enforcement official's passion Vern and his wife look to be what maybe in their 50s and they're in town for the county fair that's happening in two weeks they we got there a little early and they're from Colorado and they arrive in this motor home and first off nobody from colorado is coming to this one horse town's county fair ever Vern gets up and leaves his wife at the table and walks over to openly proposition diane ashley for sex as he asks her with his wife just a few feet away can i buy you a drink a pretty woman like you shouldn't drink alone
1: there's a whole backstory here that we don't have with Vern and betty johnson what we do know Is that Vern... I think they're swingers. They are absolutely swingers.
0: (laughs) He's just testing the waters to see if she would be interested for a little late night bedroom hubba hubba.
1: Well, he sold... He had invented some kind of new chemical toilet that they use on construction sites. And then sold out... This is all in the film. He sold out to his partners and got a big payday. With which he purchased this mobile home that they're carting around in and are just driving around the country, I presume, fucking their way across America.
0: I like that. Put that in the canon
1: too. <laughs> So the the only the fucking their way across America is not in the film itself. The, right. the rest of it is all a- absolutely text.
0: Diane Ashley says, no, thank you to the drink. And she says, I'm not fucking you or your wife. Good night, sir. And then Diane Ashley, she heads back to her $11 a night cabin where she starts to undress. And at first it kind of looks like she's naked, but she's wearing a bra that matches her skin color. And for me, it was a bit of a relief that we do not see her nude in this movie because it really felt like there was going to be a moment where we took a turn into gratuitous nipples but that does not happen
1: no this movie is surprisingly classy For what it is. Yeah. It's not as exploitative as as you would think, unless, of course, you feel like running over spiders is exploitation, in which case it is exactly as exploitative as you think it might be.
0: She gets in the shower and we hear piano music from the higher octaves on the keyboard. And then we see a tarantula climbing up a chair and into a drawer on a nearby desk. Diane Ashley gets out of the shower, puts on a towel that is the size of a bed sheet. It's the biggest towel I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And then she makes her way over to the desk and she puts her hand in the drawer and fulfills Bo's worst nightmare where she pulls out the giant spider and much to this film's credit she doesn't freak out she instead says well hello there little spider let's take you outside yeah and pets it
1: pets it before she puts it outside she's a fucking monster what would you do Bo? i would set fire to the cabin and let emma know what happened Like you, you allowed spiders into my $11 a night cabin and I had to burn it to the fucking ground.
0: (laughs) We cut to the Colby farm and he's outside calling for his dog that we last saw running off into the darkness after possibly explaining his complicated villainous scheme to take over the world to his arch nemesis, the spiders in this movie. And so Shatner and Diane Ashley, they pull up and they meet Colby who's outside. And about this time, Mrs. Colby, she runs into frame and she says, old Jake, our dog that had... Everything to live for is dead. He's out behind the barn on the ground.
1: He was almost to dog retirement.
0: <laughs> Everybody runs around back of the barn and Diane Ashley and Shatner, they spring into action and they start drawing blood samples and immediately Diane Ashley just holds up the blood and gives it a good look And she says, this dog died the same way the cow did. Autoerotic asphyxiation complicated by high doses of spider venom.
1: And Colby says, well, if uh, you got to kill all my stock, you might as well put a gun in my head, too. So Shatner draws his gun. Uh, (laughs) And Diane, Ashley says, no, baby, it's cool. This dog died from spider bites also. Mm -hmm. And this is where Shatner is like, look, I've told you a million times. No spider could do that.
0: Well, what about a hundred spiders, William Shatner? What about 200 spiders? What about a million spiders? What if each of those spiders had a spider gun? Use your imagination, you small-minded dummy.
1: And then Walt, who has been bearing the lead for the whole movie, is, is like, hey, now when you say spiders, that rings a little bit of a bell. Did I happen to mention this giant pile of spiders right outside the house? And they're like, <laughs> What? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me go show you this big mound that is just crawling with tarantulas.
0: He said that he found it when he was out looking for his dog. And then he said he sat and watched it for an hour and that there were hundreds of them as far as he could tell. And I'm like, this dude was totally getting high.
1: Oh, my God, dude. There could be millions in
0: there. Diane Ashley says, did any of these spiders have spider guns? (laughs) Colby says, I didn't see any, but they had one of their legs behind their back a lot. So maybe they did. Let's all run out to the spider map. So, Bo, would you ever go out to see a giant spider map? if you were given the option
1: uh only if i had like those one of those 14 fists of mccluskey flamethrowers into uh-huh then i would
0: So, you know, you kind of talked about this a little earlier that you really have a fear of spiders. Do you know what a fear of spiders is called? You know what, Bo? Before you answer that question, it's time for tonight's quiz, Bo. a little game that I like to call The Sum of All Fears, where I, Chad, will give you, Bo, the name of a scientifically or possibly just made up fear, and you have to tell me what it is that people suffering from this condition are afraid of.
1: Oh, I'm great at this. Let's go.
0: I will give you the phobia. You tell me what's at the root of it. Get enough of these right and you will win
1: a big prize. Great. Here we go. Arachnophobia. That's uh, spiders, of course. Acrophobia. Acrophobia, fear of small places? Heights. Okay. Claustrophobia. A uh, fear of, that's fear of uh, small spaces. Hemophobia. Fear of blood. Hydrophobia. Fear of water. That's what you Hold get on. if you got the rabies.
0: Paganophobia.
1: Mm, fear of birds? Fear of beards. Okay. Nephophobia. Nephophobia, a fear of knee high clouds okay that's weird melanophobia a fear of the first lady fear of the color black oh
0: which is more commonly known as racism
1: oh okay fair enough xenophobia uh, a fear of other uh other cultures
0: correct this is often experienced by people who have melanophobia
1: <laughs> or <laughs> melanomania
0: angiophobia
1: uh, a fear of uh, mel gibson
0: Fear of choking, Okay. which hopefully everyone has that one.
1: I was. I guess I was thinking of anziophobia. sorry. Bearophobia. Uh, fear of bears.
0: Fear of gravity. Hmm. Most commonly found among trapeze artists and vanilla ice when Suge Knight is around. All right. Pyrophobia.
1: Uh, fear of fire. Hydrophobia. Fear of water.
0: Heliophobia. Fear
1: of he- the sun?
0: Yes, aka vampire's disease.
1: Okay. Isoptrophobia. Fear of lizards?
0: Fear of mirrors. Okay. Which is uh, vampire's disease part two. Hmm. Potophobia.
1: A fear of uh, ear pods. Fear of
0: feet. Uh-oh. Tarantinophobia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love a feet.
0: It's a fear of movies with a lot of feet.
1: Okay. Selenophobia. Uh, a fear of the uh, Latin singer Selena. Fear of the moon. Oh. Selena moon Phi phobia A <laughs> fear of Punky Brewster. Yes.
0: <laughs> Archie Bootyrophobia, A fear of a meathead moving into your house. Fear of getting peanut butter stuck to the roof of your mouth. Hmm. Somnophobia. Fear of uh, sleep. Yes. Optophobia.
1: A fear of eyes?
0: Fear of opening one's eyes. Okay. Can you imagine having uh both of those at the same time? That'd be a living nightmare, wouldn't
1: it? I mean, isn't it already? <laughs> colorophobia Uh could I have a spelling, please?
0: C O U L R O P H O B I A.
1: A fear of high temperatures? Fear of clowns. Okay.
0: Seems natural. Yeah.
1: Globophobia. A fear of globes. Balloons. Oh. You got both of those. The circus
0: and kids' birthday parties are off limits.
1: Amniophobia. A fear of walking. The wind. Oh. Botanophobia. Oh, a fear of plants, aka Happening Disease Part 2. Happeningophobia. A fear of M. Night Shyamalan, terrible movies.
0: Right, uh, aka Marky Mark Disease.
1: Uh huh. Phobophobia. A fear of fear. Fear of
0: phobias. And lastly, panophobia.
1: A fear of everything.
0: Correct. Bo, congratulations. You scored just enough points to win a DVD copy of Charlotte's Web, where the titular character is a benevolent spider that teaches a life lesson that life is short and you can inspire others to greatness and anybody can be friends with a stupid, illiterate pig.
1: I was going to say, Charlotte's Web is more, the, the main character of that is a pig who is duped. By an overly smart spider.
0: Panophobia is what Charlie Brown says he has in that Charlie Brown Christmas special.
1: Right. He has, the, he
0: has a fear of everything. That's a troubled little boy.
1: Yeah, well, you know, he is surrounded by people constantly fucking with him too. Like... All those adults that
0: gave him rocks on Halloween.
1: Lucy and the football. I, like, Charlie Brown, if he is not a suicide by 18, that's a win for him. Like, his note is gonna name names. You know? <laughs> It's not going to be one of those, well, I can't take it anymore. It's me. Lucy, this is your fucking fault. I have a dog
0: that's more successful than me.
1: How are you? I hope you are fine. I am not fine.
0: So Diane Ashley and Shatner and Mr. and Mrs. Colby they go in the Arizona Desert and they find this spider mound. And it is twice the size of that pile of dinosaur shit in Jurassic Park for everyone who hasn't seen this movie, which is basically everybody but Bo, and unfortunately me. Uh huh. And Diane Ashley, she's all excited about seeing these spiders, and she picks one up and she says, This one here is about six hundred miles from where he should be. Which Which means this spider is from what, South America, Texas, Montana? Like, where is it supposed to be from?
1: Well, it's visiting from out of town to visit some relatives. And then all of a sudden, its vacation home is busted up when they're like, hey, I wonder how many spiders are in there. And Walt Colby is like, you want to know how many? I'll show you. And picks up a big-ass stick and just starts pounding this pile of (laughs) spiders and dirt. (laughs) Why would you do that? That is the level of impulsiveness with which I start most home improvement projects.
0: That's how I end most
1: mine. I, like, I unfortunately recently bought a chainsaw, and that has led to some decisions that I question even now.
0: Fooling around with a chainsaw, you need to go watch some YouTube videos on that. I used a chainsaw incorrectly for about two years, and it's really fortunate that I still have my head on my shoulders.
1: Shatner stops Walt from, you know, attacking the spiders with a stick. Hey,
0: that might make them angry.
1: They could take over the town if we're not careful Diane Ashley then says uh, give me a can I need to get one of these guys to to study him And she says, hey, can you keep this farmer from destroying this hill long enough for me to study the spider? And Shatner's like, I'll try. But to be honest, Walt's money is tied up in his livestock. He kind of hopes all these spiders die a horrible, horrible death. Do you know Bo Ransdell? Walt's wife is like, I hope no spiders get in the house. And I'm like, I hear you, sister. But you and I both know that ain't happening. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Diane Ashley puts a spider in this coffee can for examination later. And then Shatner says, hey, Colby, will you drive Miss Ashley to see where your first cow died? I'm having dinner later with my girl. And also Miss Ashley, why don't you and I have dinner later tonight? And then Shatner's really opened about all of his planned multiple engagements with women later in that day. And I think that Shatner is sort of a puppet master of a small community that might be the epicenter of early 70s swinging diane ashley she's like look my schedule's booked you're clearly drunk still thank you for the offer for dinner but no
1: all right uh if you change your mind just a hint i'm never not drunk (laughs) and so shatner drunkenly drives over to his sister-in-law's place right where we meet his niece for the first time and this is the the lady he is spending the evening with turns out they're missing a cat which is just exhibit c of spiders are slowly taking over this town and the sister-in-law accuses him of (laughs) spreading his filthy seed around Yeah. Then says, like, you take care of us like you're her father and my husband. And then she says, isn't that like paying for the cow and giving the milk away for free? And his response is, you keep talking like that. And one day I'm going to come around and milk that cow yeah
0: i'm gonna come around and milk it milk it real good
1: i have a move i swirl and then i milk the metaphor got gross real fast and she just says just make sure your hands are warm and you're like "Ugh, just stop all of this all of this conversation needs to end right now well
0: then shatner ends the scene by making monster claws with his hands and then the audience throws up in their mouth (laughs) like this is all inappropriate
1: So, let me just ask you this. Uh, does this look like I could honk it?
0: Fucking your dead brother's wife seems like something that should be taboo. Maybe not in Shakespeare, but at least in modern society, right? Mm
1: i mean she is the runway lights are on here it's not like he is putting the moves on her she's like so now that john's dead how about we fuck hunter biden
0: was dating his dead brother's wife hallie biden remember when that was the most scandalous thing about hunter biden him fucking his dead brother's wife i would argue it probably still is
1: that's (laughs) creepier than being on the board of some whatever
0: he was fucking his dead brother's wife put that in a political ad
1: give it time (laughs) we're we're still early but that is gonna happen (laughs) and it'll probably be just like that look i just heard people are saying he was fucking his dead brother's wife it's kind (laughs) of creepy
0: i think we have crossed a line so far that it's like i don't get your point what does this have to do with anything
1: right so. this is the plot i say in quotes of 93 percent of all Pornhub videos the
0: rest are babysitters and then fortunately for tom cruise granny porn
1: and prego porn i got my new production company set up it is called twilight of the babies <laughs> it is all granny slash pregger porn i think you were going to love it
0: shatner leaves this booty call without getting laid again mm-hmm. and he pulls onto the freeway and he sees diane and Ashley just cruising down the road in her convertible Mercedes and Shatner gets in hot pursuit and all but forces her off the road and then he gets out of the car smiling like he's being really charming and Diane Ashley says you have a way of conveniently showing up and my guess is that in the, the cab of his car um, if one were to inspect you would find quite a few empty high life cans just sort of rolling around. Uh-huh. So Then Diane Ashley says what no girlfriend? What's that phrase you hillbillies use out here in the country? Wham bam thank you ma'am. And then Shatner cryptically says, well, the girl I met up with was into Uncle Remus and I wasn't. Because the little girl, his dead brother's daughter said, do you want to come hear my Uncle Remus album? And he was like, no, no, I'm good. I got Ted Nugent and Kid Rock and Hank Williams Jr. You know, playing in the the cab of my car. I I got all that covered. And I was just like, could Uncle Remus be one of those catchphrases that are used by white supremacists to sort of vet whether or not people are eligible to be recruited?
1: I assumed it was was more of a daddy dom situation but yeah it could be racial too
0: Like they come up and they're just like hey man you into uncle remus and if they're pure blood they say no because it's a trick question and then we beat them with a sock full of pennies and once they go unconscious we tattoo a swastika on their neck and they're
1: in right it's the handshake to get into the kkk meeting are you into uncle remus no i prefer cousin adolf all right you're in then he tells her just again because the dialogue in this movie is fucking bananas he then says you know your kind of pretty for a girl is shatner gay in this movie I don't think so. I think it is like, these are just the moves that have worked on the small population of Camping Verde. And that's what he knows. That's all he's going with.
0: He doesn't seal the deal with his dead brother's widow. And Mm -hmm. if he's gay, maybe that's why he's trying to get the sheriff
1: drunk during the day.
0: Maybe this movie is a prequel to Brokeback Mountain, but with killer spiders. Hell, I'd like to see that movie.
1: Like later in the lodge, he tells the sheriff, you know, I just can't quit you, sheriff.
0: And also, I can't kill these clusters of deadly tarantulas. Let's go fishing.
1: How about we take that weekend camping, if you know what I mean? And uh, so he asks where she's going, and she says, I'm going to dinner. And he literally picks her up, throws her in her own car, steals that car, and then drives her to dinner.
0: Every time Shatner is talking to Diane Ashley, she has this look on her face like she's Dr. Bricks at these daily national pandemic briefings. Diane Ashley has this quiet resolve to suppress the volcano of disbelief and earned medical knowledge that should be screamed out at others but no you know shatner's in charge let him talk till he runs out of gas and then we'll spend the next 22 hours doing damage control until he gets up there and says something stupid again
1: You know, for the most part, I I don't really pay much attention to those daily briefings because they're not all that informative. But uh, that meme that made the rounds of, you know, it it was like the Simpsons joke of like, you can see the exact moment when her heart broke. Uh, It is really something.
0: Sunlight and disinfectants inside the human body. He is the most dangerous clown since Pennywise.
1: Yeah, it's real stupid. So back at the restaurant question. After he's
0: abducted her to go have
1: dinner. Right. In
0: her own car, mind you.
1: (laughs) he drives off he burns rubber
0: and steals her car with her in it this is the beginning of the chase
1: except he doesn't have a butterfinger she says well aren't you gonna order for us and he goes sure i will we'll have two miller high lives and whatever the lady's having (laughs) we'll have two beers and what would you like again then when he, he says look i'm still skeptical about all this spider stuff and she says well would you be less skeptical if a man said it zip funk oh my god he goes hey baby you're the one hung up about you being a lady i called around and you're supposed to be the best and then she says hey speaking of stupid how did you get the name Rack?" and then he says i kick people in the
0: dick a lot it's my getaway move i call it the irish fist fight.
1: he says what happened was his brother used to take all his money on. uh, He worked hard all week long. His brother didn't do shit. And then his brother would say like, do you want to play pool? And he would be like, no, you're going to steal all my money. And his brother would be like, no, 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 it's fine. It's cool this time. And then they would play pool and his brother would steal all his money. Playing pool would, would hustle Mm -hmm. him a little bit.
0: And I swore that day that I would raise an army of spiders to kill all humanity (laughs) and also fuck your wife after you're dead.
1: I'm kind of like Willard, but with creepier pals but basically his brother would would say rack him up and that's how the nickname started and and stuck and it's like that's a real stupid way to get a nickname and then before she can really make him feel bad about it though he goes he died his second day in vietnam oh right and she's like oh fuck now i gotta fuck this guy
0: and the girl i went to see earlier today that was his daughter his wife really wants to fuck me but i haven't yet if you know what i mean
1: and this is the point the the look that diane ashley gives him in this moment is like somebody's getting slippery you know what i mean she suddenly wants to fuck him and then while she's squirming in her chair over this somewhat pathos-inducing tale of a dead brother and him looking out for the remaining family, he asks her, why are these spiders are suddenly going to turn aggressive? And then we get the point of the movie. Dude, this is such a
0: leap to a conclusion. It's like she's Superman going over a tall building.
1: Or had seen one of any 20 movies before this one. Where she's like, uh, yeah, I think it's DDT, probably. Probably DDT. It's definitely DDT. I just made that up, but let's go with that. It's 100% DDT. And the spiders are becoming more aggressive in finding food because we're killing off their natural food supply, what with all the DDT and all. That
0: sounds really good. How do we get rid of the spiders?
1: In that scene cut to her cabin where we can get a little friskier but we're still just talking about spiders Mm -hmm. because they're looking at some film and uh, of spiders and diane ashley says the thing is these spiders ought to be eating each other because tarantulas are cannibalistic if you put them together they'll eat each other
0: you left out a real important detail that shatner walks up behind diane ashley and really gives a good sniff of her hair you think joe biden maybe took his sons to see this movie back in 77 seven? would explain a lot See, uh, right here, this is
1: how you want to treat a lady, boys.
0: When I was a kid, my dad would say, Joey, you take your kids to go see a movie about killer spiders and let them learn as much as they can.
1: What I do is I get on the train in Scranton, and I find the prettiest little lady on that train, and I creep up behind her real careful-like. And then I just... Get myself a good old whiff of her hair when she turns around and starts to scream. then she sees this big old smile here and she says, "Get away from me. oh Joe Biden, i I, I guess I should have known it was you. Diane
0: Ashley then says, you know, I called the local paper and they said that there have been 30 ads for missing pets recently. I'm like, there's no context around that number. Is that a lot? Is it a
1: few? <laughs> if this is a breeding ground for serial killers, maybe that number is just right. Which it certainly is. Most of them are going to leave town to really get, you know, fulfill their their kill list. But um, Gotta start somewhere, Bo. Yeah, so she she uh, takes one of the spider out of the can that she had and milks some venom out of it. Yeah,
0: she's not going to give away the spider and milk for free, right. however that works. And Some, she's like,
1: hey, you want to do a shot with me? This stuff really gets you off. <laughs> and then she proposes, like, hey, you know that spider heel? Well, we found a bunch of these. We uh-huh. should burn the shit out of that thing. Let's do it. Yeah. And she's like, look, we're, you know, this is just one baby one, but this venom is pretty potent or whatever. And uh what we're seeing here is a legitimate phenomenon. And then they finally kiss. But Shatter kind of makes her work for it a little bit.
0: Yeah, the only reason she kisses him because he's Captain James Tiberius Kirk.
1: And they're both drunk. I guess. Let's assume for the rest of this film, both of them are drunk.
0: I assume for the whole movie, everyone's drunk. He was. Explained a lot to me.
1: Diane Ashley, I think, was mostly sober up until this evening, and then she calls it off. (laughs) They head to the farm. Where they show up just in time to see Walt Colby with a gas can in one hand. Yeah. And he's just like, I don't care what you tell me, Bill Shatner. I am burning the shit out of that hill of spiders. And hell yeah. He's like, hey, Walt, don't worry about it. We're here for the same thing. And Walt's like, all right, well, good. Come on, let's go do this thing. And they just marvel for a second before they get to this spider hill. They're like, listen, we don't hear any insects or anything. And Diane Ashley is like, yeah, but isn't it supposed to be quiet out here? And he's like, yes, but not like this. It's like there's a giant ass hill of spiders somewhere. Then, as they're marveling over this, the silence is broken by a bull busting through the fence, scattering our heroes, Mm -hmm. collapses, and is covered in spiders, Chad.
0: Do you think that that bull heard Richard Pryor say the word shit? (laughs) What? That's a stir-crazy reference if you're scoring at home.
1: Oh, I don't even remember that one.
0: Remember when he's, he's a rodeo clown and every bull has a word that sets it off? And he's mm. like, hey, sexy, malt liquor. He's like, it's, Fryer's just fucked out of his head on cocaine. He goes, oh, shit. And then the bull explodes out and tries to kill him.
1: And Pryor was fucked out of his head in cocaine in real life, not necessarily in the film. <laughs> yeah, so this b- spider-covered bull just lays down and dies. And is uh-huh. like, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. He died before I could see him. And- <laughs> And then he says, "Hey, Mrs. Colby, how about you take Walt into town and get a doctor to look at his arm?" And Diane is like, "Ah, maybe we should stay there in town until we can do something about these spiders." And the wife then says, "Ain't no damn spiders running us out of our home." Nope. And I'm like, "Speak for your fucking self. What are you talking <laughs> about? They've killed a two big ass animals now. Do you th- what chance do you stand
0: off our Happy foursome goes into the night to burn down a spider mound. And as I watched this, the 12-year-old boy inside of me was so jealous of being able to douse this thing with gasoline at night and watch it burn. When I was a teenager, I was mowing my yard one time and I ran over a yellow jacket nest where they had burrowed down in the ground and they came out and they stung me a whole lot. So myself and a youthful peer of ours, who for the sake of this story, we will call Ben K., we saturated the ground in the backyard of my home with gasoline. And then we climbed up on top of a nearby workshed and we threw lit cardboard down onto the ground to try to smoke them out of their hole.
1: <laughs> yeah. And how did that how did that work out?
0: Well, the gasoline ignited an explosion that we truly did not expect. And it burned well over 15% of my parents' backyard and the yellow jackets were unfazed.
1: Yeah, that feels right. We
0: ended up filling their nest with old motor oil because that's the kind of thing teenage simpletons in rural America do when they're forced to do battle with insects. (laughs) I can only imagine what we would have done if we had found this tarantula mound. Holy shit. It would have involved a whole bunch of
1: M80s and a four-wheeler and... Right, stolen manure like you guys were about to take down the federal building.
0: (laughs) Walter follows our lead and he puts about half of the gasoline that we used on those yellow jackets on this mound. And he just lights this thing on fire and it is a spectacle. And Walter just screams out, burn you son of bitches, burn in hell. You will never kill any of my stock again. And then the tarantulas are just like, yep, see you later. And they burrow away and get off to safety.
1: Right. They come out of another hole well away and they're like, hey, you dumbasses. Don't you know that this is where we live? We got a plan (laughs) B. And <laughs> Diane and Bill Shatner show up at Terry and Linda's place, who are his sister-in-law and niece.
0: Yeah, Linda's the little girl. And that's weird to see a little girl named Linda. Yeah. All the Lindas I know are old people. And I'm sure they had to start out as little Lindas, but it's just odd to hear a little girl called Linda.
1: Right. It's like meeting a, a child named Eunice. Uh-huh. Or like Gus. What, are you reincarnated? What happened? <laughs>
0: Benjamin Button. <laughs> yeah.
1: Were you born in 1912 and this is how you ended up? <laughs> terry the the sister-in-law is way too enthusiastic about being nice to diane yeah
0: she knows about the swinging man that's what's the undercurrent that's running this whole town linda comes over and she says hi i'm linda my daddy's dead are you uncle dr william shatner's new girlfriend and he's like ixnay on the earl gay i
1: told you he was gay i speak a number of languages both pigletton and klingon and then we have one moment where terry is inside like as she's getting lemonade for him or something just Uh sobbing just like i'm never gonna seal the deal with this guy with he doesn't seal
0: the deal with any women
1: diane ashley around hey he gets at least some some mouth action out of both of them
0: he had a chance to seal the deal and he didn't which i call horseshit on that
1: i call every date i've ever had diane is like yeah I'm, I'm i'm afraid that i might have to go back pretty soon but how about we go for an afternoon on horseback so we a can picnic yeah. that sounds terrible yeah we just grind the movie to a halt for a second for rain
0: drops keep ball.
1: yeah it is it's the real bj thomas moment in kingdom of the spiders <laughs> while they're going for a picnic walt colby decides he's gonna go for a drive to clear his head and tells his lady not to go out in the field today right and we leave that set up for the inevitable payoff in a moment where Linda the 90 year old little girl is spreading out a blanket for the picnic as Bill Shatner is showing Diane Ashley like the landscape and like look at how beautiful all this godforsaken rock is yeah
0: why would they keep an eye on this five year old little girl I realize this is the 1970s and that's how kids were raised. But they're just like, go spread out this blanket. We'll see you in an hour. If
1: you see a big hill of spiders, give us a whistle. While the lingering over the landscape is happening, then we see Walt's truck. And they're like, hey, that's Walt. The great thing about this part of the country, Bill Shatner says, is that everybody knows everybody and also what everybody drives.
0: Yeah. And we've seen each other naked and we've tasted one another. We felt
1: one another. We've tasted the fruit of each other's loins. It's quite a flavor. Then we cut into the cab where Walt's driving this old beat up truck.
0: Mm-hmm. Sorry,
1: it, it is a Sanford and Son truck, and there is a spider just kind of hanging out in the cab on on the back of the seat. Just hey, everybody. <laughs> And then it crawls onto his shoulder, and now there's a couple of them. Uh Uh-huh. And the real kicker is when Walt flips down the visor of his truck, and there's one hiding in there, and falls on his face. Ha-ha! And (laughs) it has been hiding in the visor and bites his fucking face. And then Walt screams and then cut to Linda playing in the dirt while Bill Shatner is trying to make some time with Diane.
0: Shatner says to Diane Ashley, you know, I could sure go for a beer right
1: now. Oh, Chad, if I could. That's not what he says. What does he say? He says, I could sure do some things to a beer right now. (laughs) He says he could do some things to a beer? Yes, I could do some things to a beer right now. I'm just too comfortable to get up and get it. Hint, hint. Woman's place. That sort of thing. You know how I said that you're the only one hung up about being a woman? How about you get me that beer already?
0: Diane Ashley not only gets him a Miller High Life, but she opens it for him as well yeah and then she says where's my apple and i was like are you gonna say eek a snake or tell us that your middle name is
1: eve (laughs) and you know this movie's not subtle no and then diane very rightly says you like to be taken care of don't you
0: yes like a infantile baby man i like to wear diapers and have mama wipe my boom
1: booms what And then he says, hey, anyone taking care of you right now? And she's like, not at the moment. And they make some eyes at each other. And then the horses start to get spooked. And we get some Uh, more spider cam. They're like, hey, everybody, little girl, everybody on me hup 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 let's go get a girl hup 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 and they start moving towards linda and at the last minute shatner is like hey little girl come get on this horse already and she takes off right before the tarantulas can get her and they're like ah son of a bitch ain't that always the way back to the hole in the ground boys i mean Guys, do you ever stop and think we've got eight legs and they're faster? It's a real punch in the face. It's a real black eight eyes. We cut then to a tow truck in the sheriff's car where he is having a beer, obviously, on the, mm-hmm. sitting on the hood of his car. And they're figuring out how they're going to get this truck out of a ravine. And Rick and Diane shatner and Diane. shatner and diane roll roll past and shatner's like say this looks like a job for the vet
0: i think they probably have
1: more beer was that an el camino there's a cow in the back of that car i'm hungry So they say, no, it looks like Walt Colby started driving erratically and then went off the side.
0: Maybe he wasn't drunk enough to drive straight. You know, when he comes down, he gets
1: the shakes. I saw him driving over the bridge and he looked to be driving very soberly.
0: His left arm was injured, so he couldn't have a beer in each hand. That probably was
1: what caused this accident. Quick, get him to the lab. I want to know what his blood alcohol content was. If it was below 1.3, well, you have your answer. He and the sheriff, the veterinarian of this town and the sheriff, decide that they're going to descend into the valley. Mm -hmm. As they wrestle with the door, the pickup door, it falls open and Walt falls into frame completely covered in spiders yes which is a real bump bump
0: but it looks like he's wearing pantyhose over his face and he's headed to a poorly planned bank robbery
1: yeah it's a real like halloween spiderweb but again this is all part of the charm for me so the sheriff then goes to walt's wife Mm -hmm. and when she sees him she's like is this about the quarantine and he's like no it's not about the quarantine
0: i got some bad news (laughs) Yeah. Did you find another one of our cows dead from spider bites, Sheriff?
1: No, no, uh, it's it's not the cow. It, uh, are,
0: are you gonna repossess Colby's truck or something like that?
1: Uh, well, it is truck related. I'll give are, you that. Are, uh, are
0: you foreclosing on our house and our farm?
1: Um, uh, no, no, that's not it. I'm afraid. Uh, Did-
0: Did you find our missing son?
1: I honestly didn't know you had a son. No, that's that's not it. Uh,
0: Please don't tell me someone's been passing bad checks from our bank account again.
1: Well, that yes, but not that's not why I'm here. Uh, hey. is
0: my sister back in jail
1: uh also a yes but that's not why she was the one with the checks out uh, actually so uh, uh
0: what about is it my brother is he in jail
1: nope 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 your brother's fine uh
0: is is somebody hurt or in the hospital
1: now we're getting close you're really it's warmer uh, is it
0: my sister or my brother
1: not uh, colder colder is it my
0: husband colby
1: oh you are burning up is man. he in jail cold, cold again ice cold
0: is he in the hospital? Warmer? I- is he sick? Mm, warmer. Is he injured? Uh,
1: very warm.
0: Did he have a car
1: accident? Oh, burning up. You were so close to this. Was he hurt in a car accident? Yes. Yes. Keep going. We're not is all- he dead? Yes. 100%. Ding, ding, ding. Good job. Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> <sighs> and then in the foreground, we see a spider sitting up on this fence, and he's just like,
1: hey, we killed your husband. We're coming after you next, sweet cheeks. Bisha, sure you know where the gun is. That's going to be important in a minute. So Mildred then rings the vet for Diane because the results of the venom test have come back. And it turns uh-huh. out that the spider's venom is five times more toxic than normal. Wow. Is that a lot? I Relatively? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or something
0: the phone rings again and Shatner picks it up and he gives up the old "Uh uh-huh uh-huh you don't say you don't say you don't say and then he hangs it up and diane ashley says who was it he didn't say
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's what and then what did she say (laughs) and how long did that go on are they still there and what about you (laughs) did you get a beer did he have a beer what about her? How many beers were there? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'll get a beer. I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> the end result of this is, hey, you know that spider hill that we burned? There's like 50 of them now. <laughs> so <laughs> We got troubles, Bob. Frank. Right. Like we done fucked up. It turns out we just made them mad. <laughs> <laughs> look you, you burn down the one house we're gonna rebuild it's just the spider way
0: we cut to the desert where Diane Ashley is there with Shatner and the mayor shows back up in our movie and he's with the sheriff and the mayor says look let's just spray them all with pesticides and Diane Ashley says you don't understand pesticides make it worse Mr. Mayor this is all based on no empirical evidence that I have to support this claim that I just made up
1: how much pseudoscience do you need before you finally
0: act the mayor says Listen, honey, you don't understand. We're going to have a county fair here in two weeks, and I don't want a bunch of spiders roaming around the countryside. And Diane Ashley says, look, I understand what you're going to do is ignore this particular problem until it crawls right up and
1: bites you in the ass. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Get your name in all the entomology magazines. <laughs> you talk to it. You see that sign? Those proportions are right. These spiders are very small, proportionally speaking. These spiders only do three things. They crawl,
0: they make little spiders, and they kill cows, and possibly people, and a dog, and they spin webs.
1: Okay, (laughs) these spiders do a lot of stuff. So let's go out to the hills. I'm not drunk enough for that yet True. Sure. <laughs> Shatner then goes the, the Baron the guy uh, who operates the World War One plane in town uh, that flies on magic He uh, Shatner goes to him uh, as he's loading up his plane with all this pesticide and mm-hmm. he's like look uh, I want you to really hit these things I mean if you can somehow use napalm that's not a bad choice and the the pilot is like oh his pesticide is rough rough stuff by the time I'm done there ain't gonna to be a spider left between here and missouri
0: before he gets in his plane <laughs> yes. he pulls out this black grease pen And he draws what is his interpretation of a spider on the side of this biplane as a symbol that's, I guess, similar to like a bombing run. And the tarantula drawing that he scribbles looks like a child's crayon drawing of Plankton from SpongeBob SquarePants.
1: Yes. I would never
0: want to have this guy on my team in a game of Pictionary. He sucks.
1: Well, he's also a little drunk. Oh,
0: well, there you go. (laughs) In fairness, I'm a little drunk when I'm playing Pictionary.
1: Uh, All right. Maybe you guys would actually get along quite well.
0: I don't think we would.
1: So as he's taken off, we see a spider like chase after the plane, apparently missing his connecting flight, Chad, to murder. <laughs> so, yes, the, the pilot is has taken off. The Baron is in the air dumping DDT all over shit.
0: And then while he's spraying poison everywhere, anywhere from three or four or a hundred spiders have suddenly crawled up into the biplane and they get all over him and he starts freaking out. And the scream that comes out of his mouth is pretty fantastic.
1: It's real high pitched and it's the the mortal scream of terror that you don't often get in these movies.
0: It's Daniel Stern when they put that
1: tarantula on his face. <laughs> yeah, it's a real, ah! <laughs> it's great. And the, the plane starts flying all crazy. And that and first Shatner is like, no, no, he's been drinking. He's fine.
0: Should he be flying upside down that close to the ground? No, no, that's his signature move. This is where he pisses himself and it doesn't stay inside the plane.
1: It's a real like, Reggie, I hate spiders situation where they're (laughs) crawling all over him. And even the mechanic is like, he knows better than to fly over town with all that poison. And then the plane just comes flying towards the gas station. Mm -hmm. Our heroes scatter and then it strikes the, the pump in the shack and explodes yeah diane ashley is like somebody needs to call the fire department and bill shatner immediately is like it's too late don't even bother trying to save this man's life
0: yeah dummy the whole gas station's on fire we're not trying to save his life we're trying to prevent an explosion from happening
1: no no it's going to be cool they let it burn out or whatever and back at the Campi verde police station diane ashley gets on the horn to call in for some help but she's like, hey, an investigative team is going to come in a couple of days. And the sheriff is like, well, how many spiders are there? And she's like, I, there are tons of theories about what would happen.
0: There are as many spiders as there are stars in the sky. I wrote that.
1: 80? 90? She kind of ducks the question entirely and just says there are tons of theories about what would happen if the insect world were to rise up. And in none of those scenarios do people win and shatner steps in here because he's like quiet there's a man talking um <laughs> the pesticide didn't even touch the spider hill so maybe we should go out to the colby farm
0: again well they try to call the colby farm to make sure it's okay you don't want to show up unannounced
1: right <laughs> oh my god how much i love this
0: they cut to the colby farm Yeah. And what do we see here Bo?
1: mrs colby
0: the widow colby
1: yeah Is backing her into her bedroom as spiders are just like, come on, boys, get her. And (laughs) spiders everywhere. She's shooting at them with a revolver. Uh One gets on her hand, Chad. Yep. So she shoots off her hand. Oh, it's so good. God damn, this movie is good. Yeah, it's not (laughs) very. Dude, she shoots off her fucking fingers rather than just swipe the spider away. Finally, a movie I can relate to.
0: That's one thing that I don't understand about this movie. Sometimes people are really freaked out by the spiders, and then other times they're just shooing them away. Even during the finale of the film, there are a lot of times that they're just like, scat,
1: get out of here, you nuisance. Shatner is really the, the one who's like, boy, these are really a burdensome pest. Eh, there are a couple times
0: that a real spider gets on Shatner as an actor's hand, and he just gives it a real, what hey, hi hey.
1: And uh, back at the police station, they're like, hey, there's no answer. And the sheriff says, you know, I'll go check on the Colby farm. Shatner is like, I'll go get Terry and Linda just in case this thing with Diane falls through. It'd be nice to have a backup. And they head to Terry and Linda's and Linda, our Benjamin Button girl, is swinging on a rope swing like hanging from a tree. And Uh spiders are everywhere on the front yard. Yeah, she doesn't see him though. (laughs) No. And Terry looks out the window and sees what's up with her daughter and all these spiders. And we get a hand to God, honest to goodness, my baby! My baby, my baby. And so she runs outside <laughs> with a broom, the mortal enemy of the spider.
0: Uh huh. And bad performers on Not at the Apollo. <laughs> yeah.
1: And she gets Linda off of the swing, but like as she's running, spiders are, are climbing all over, like, eh, go from the bottom up, boys. And they're climbing up her legs and biting her and shit. The best meets around the ankles. <laughs> First one to the panties is no more a virgin. <laughs> So she tells Linda to run inside as she distracts the spiders by allowing them to bite her. Right. And we get a, a shot of spiders all over Linda's doll. You know, the death of innocence. Also, I know, it's gone. this is for my boy. And Shatner and Diane show up and see all the spiders on Terry. And they're like, well, that's something you don't see every day the
0: runs over to her body and he just gives it a hey hey get out of here you get out of here <laughs> yes. and he's like well she's dead yeah and then back over at the truck diane ashley she screams out hey there's spiders in the truck so shatner comes over and they're like "Shoo, get out of here go on spiders and then the spiders was like hey we'll be back we got your number
1: and your name we took down your license plate number we know where you live we got people in the police department. Shatner runs inside where Linda is on the dining room table. Mm-hmm. Where you know and spiders are all over the floor and whatnot, and he grabs her, runs to the car. uh As you said, kind of sweeps out the. Hey, get on, get on out of here. Uh, <laughs> with <laughs> with the spiders in the truck.
0: They get in the truck, and Diane Ashley says, "No, it's it's Diane Ashley, little Linda, Benjamin Button in the middle, and then Shatner's driving." And Diane Ashley says, "Where's your dead brother's wife?" And there's some real silence, and then Diane Ashley says, "Oh, she's dead, isn't she?" And the look on this little girl's face, hearing that her mother is dead is the most tragic thing in this entire movie.
1: Aside from maybe a couple of performances, yes.
0: The actress who plays little Linda in this movie is played by Natasha Ryan, who would later go on to play the youngest daughter in that original adaptation of Amityville Horror. And she also played the young version of Sybil in that Sally Field TV movie, Sybil, where she had multiple personalities. And Natasha Ryan had kind of a career that really involved a lot of adult-themed movies when she was very young. And she was raised by foster parents and had this really tragic childhood and around like her early teenage years she outgrew her cuteness and the foster family just kicked her out of the house she ended up living on the streets of venice beach at age 13 and uh, later in life she found work in construction and had her own daughter but you know what cautionary tale yeah childhood actresses do not make spider movies with bill shatner
1: or bud carlos who would also cast her in the Daytime ended spoilers it didn't
0: you know you hear a story like that and it kind of makes all of these spiders attacking these people seem not so tragic doesn't it bo
1: nah it's still pretty tragic i mean look girls who end up on the streets dime a dozen spiders taking over small southwestern towns That's at least 25 cents. Yeah, that's that's a real something.
0: Let's cut back to Washburn Lodge where everybody is holed up and we get a good William Shatner. God
1: damn it. It is really good.
0: If we'd only been there 10 minutes earlier or even five minutes earlier or even three minutes earlier, I think you see where I'm going with this. We could have saved my dead brother's wife and I possibly could have had sex with her.
1: Or the three of us could have all had sex together. That could have been quite something.
0: Shatner asked Diane Ashley, so how's Linda doing? And Diane Ashley says, who? Oh, the little girl? Um, she's probably in shock. Or whatever. <laughs> and maybe some adult comforting would benefit her. I gave her two handfuls of dirt and told her to go play in the room. That's the only thing I've really seen her do the majority of the time she's been around, so I guess she's okay. When they get to Emma's,
1: Emma is like, hey, I can't get anybody on the phone. And Shatner says, go get your old pal Fred and lock this place up who? tight. You know, the guy you saw for eight seconds at the beginning when... Diane and Ashley showed up to get a room and you oh, took her for oh, a yeah. ride on the rental they give Emma the basics of kind of what's going down and they they're like we've got to get out of here and as soon as Emma leaves in come the Johnsons you know the people fucking their way across America and they're like it's crazy one minute they weren't there the next minute they were and yeah. they peek outside and there are tarantulas everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then there's a
0: scream in the distance and Shatner just dashes off to see what's the matter. And he finds Emma and she's all in hysterics and Shatner pushes her aside. And then he opens up this door in this work shed and inside is Fred and he's all wrapped up in spider webs.
1: Yeah. With spiders on him as well. Uh And then the sheriff shows up at the lodge and he's like, I got to the Colby's and Mrs. Colby, the widow Colby was all wrapped up in a cocoon. And then he tries to call for help, too, because he clearly doesn't believe that Emma knows what she's talking about when it comes to phones being dead. Uh And then Diane Ashley says, well, the cocoons are how spiders store their
0: food. And also, Sheriff, I just made this up. Chemical fire extinguishers kill them off. So round up plenty of those. They also love jelly beans. And their favorite word is canoe or Kevin. And they don't
1: celebrate Christmas, but they do celebrate Easter. Weird. Uh, Yeah. When the sheriff is trying to make a phone call, we get the cutaway to Mildred, the woman who runs the phones. And she's all wrapped up in webs and covered in spiders, too, which is why the phones are down, which is also why this was a terrible system to ever use for phones. And then Emma takes the sheriff's hand. And is like, look, I want you to take care of yourself when you leave here and inevitably die. And he's like, I will, Emma. And sorry about that time that I wouldn't let you peg me.
0: Yeah. She calls him Big Ugly. And I was like, is that his nickname or is that its nickname?
1: It's... <laughs> Down below is what that nickname is about. Here
0: comes Big Ugly. It's got a mushroom head. You could be president someday.
1: I call it my little Chuck Norris. So he leaves. Diane gives him the, the story about the, the chemical fires extinguishers, which doesn't matter to the sheriff at all. It's just something we need to know as an audience. And then Shatner says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take that mobile home from the Johnsons and get the hell out of here. We're going to be right behind the sheriff and continue fucking our way across America. Yeah. But first lunch.
0: Emma goes in the kitchen to start cooking up some vittles. That's what she does when she's sad and horny. And then spiders start crawling out of the air vents and then they're everywhere on the kitchen counter. So Emma just throws a pot of hot soup on the spiders,
1: Mm which will kill them and feed them all at once. Vegetable beef. Delicious. Wait, is this Bali? (laughs) Ah, come on. Hey, let me ask you, are you starting with beef stock? Because this is really flavorful.
0: Shatner runs in and just starts spraying a chemical fire extinguisher all over the place. And then he gets up towards the ceiling and he plugs up the vent with i don't know some sort of fabric or something or he covers it up and then this is one of those moments where a real spider lands on the actor's hand and he gives it this ah (laughs) when one of them touches it (laughs)
1: yeah i do have that my notes too there is a couple of good yeah oh man i love this
0: then the most terrifying scene in this entire film happens go on when we hear little linda screaming from another room oh yeah 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 Because no adult has supervised her since they showed up at the lodge. Well, she was in shock. She was useless to them. Shatner runs upstairs to see this little girl who is an actress that is going to go on to have a terribly troubled future. This little girl is standing on a bed and she is surrounded by no less than 25 live tarantulas. And if you ever watch this movie, please don't. The look on this little girl actress's face is one of sheer terror. This child is beside herself with fear. Uh Uh-huh. Shatner grabs this little girl and what does he do? He just throws her on the floor
1: and the floor is covered in spiders. (laughs) Yeah, and then douses her with this chemical fire extinguisher.
0: Yeah, she gets hosed down with these chemicals.
1: Yeah. Is the the
0: idea to give her a more painless death by inhaling these fumes as opposed to the fatal
1: spider bites? She's a goner. At least we can take a few spiders out with her. They hose her down. And then Diane Ashley is like, you know what? We're never going to make it to the mobile home now. Look outside. And opens the door the door is just covered with spiders now hey we're coming in we're coming in we're coming in which leads to an old-fashioned stomping fest where Mm. they shut the door and are just like clomp 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 as they i am a hundred percent sure kill a bunch of real tarantulas at this point absolutely what are they gonna do with them after the film shoot give them back keep them (laughs) (laughs) to let them take over the town um This is a documentary, Chad. It's like uh, uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek. All of this really happened. So Mrs. Johnson sees a bunch of spiders coming down the chimney, and so they have to- Oh, look who it is. It's me, Santa Claus. I brought a bunch of my elves, if you know what I mean. Come over here and whisper in my ear. Tell me what you really want for Christmas. I
0: promise I won't bite.
1: Hard. Was it venom? Because that's what you're getting. So they they light a fire to keep the, the spiders at bay in the chimney. Cut to the town, Chad, which has become pure fucking chaos. As people are running around and screaming, spiders are everywhere, on the people, on the buildings. A few people are already cocooned up after having fallen right out of their cars.
0: It's like they just won an NBA championship.
1: (laughs) <laughs> the spiders did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's well, the town? Oh, sure. <laughs> Look, everybody. Wh- when is the next time this is going to happen? Who cares if we turn over a few cars and maybe eat a few civilians?
0: And then, hey, you remember that El Camino we saw earlier, the one that had the cow in the back seat and the chicken in the bed? Well, it comes cruising along and it crashes into a water tower, which falls over and crushes the sheriff's car with the sheriff still inside because he can't do anything to maintain this mob control. And the sheriff, he just dies the death of toby halicki writer and director of the original gone in 60 seconds which you can see season 10 episode 3 of pick six movies to learn more about a true american badass who was killed to death by a falling water tower
1: speaking of true american hero shad there is nothing i love more in this scene than that little kid in a denim jacket who is what 10 years old maybe with spiders fucking glued to him just running around like ah. Yeah, he's selling it pretty good. This whole sequence is just the best because it's
0: utter fucking madness. Could you imagine the director talking to the actors like, everyone... Can I please have everyone's attention? We're getting ready to shoot the chaos in the small town scene. So I just want to give you a little bit of direction. Uh, When I say action, I want all of you to just scream and yell and run around and slap each other and jump on cars, get on the roofs, just have fun with it. Just go
1: crazy. And they do. It is one of the most successful, just pure pandemonium scenes on film, for my money, of just people running hither and yon, people getting hit by cars, the water tower. Like I said, it's just pure mayhem.
0: This was inspiration for Airplane. It had to be. When they lose their mind in that <laughs> Yeah. Like, people are hanging upside down. They're throwing each other through
1: the air. A woman is throwing a baby into the air. Somebody's punching themselves in the face. There's a guy teaching a dog to smoke for some reason. It is wonderful. Like, I This is why I love this movie so much. Like Because of stuff like this of just like, oh my god, these people have lost their ever-loving minds because of these spiders. Like, there's no organized response of like, we've got to regroup and try. try. Try to stop these things. It's just like the spiders have come to town and we are fucked. Yes. And so we cut back to the lodge where Shatner is telling Emma to turn the AC up. And she's like, it is up. And he's like, huh? I wonder what could be blocking the vents. Hmm. Let's go check it out. Hey guys, hold on. Hold on he's coming up here here he comes oh we're gonna surprise the (laughs) shit out of this guy yeah so he gets up to the vent hold on boys as soon as he like starts to pull it down to see what's blocking the vent surprise it's us the spiders yeah all of which fall on miss johnson who is standing immediately under the vent
0: Ah! Ah! Ah!
1: so they have to stomp all those spiders and then shatner like nails boards across the vent And then he tells Emma and Diane, like, hey, you guys get some sleep. If we hear some spiders trying to get in, you'll be the first to know.
0: Actually, you'll probably be the fourth and fifth to know. I'll be the first and I'll tell everyone here and then we'll eventually come and tell you. But you'll at least be in the know. But
1: before they can even think about taking a nap, they start to hear some glass cracking and all the windows start to splinter because it is too heavy with fucking spiders. Candy Graham. (laughs) Hey, this would be a lot easier if you just opened the door. This is really kind of a pain in the tuchus. We're not letting you spiders in. You're going to kill us. No, no, no. We're just going to wrap you in web. And then later we'll eat you.
0: I don't like that plan either. You stay
1: out, spiders. All right. All right. We'll find another way in. Then Shatner is like... Quick, get some nails and boards. Hey, Diane, I just said get nails and boards. <laughs> like He tells her twice a bit. It is kind of a dick about it. And that's what they, they bust up a bunch of tables and shit and, and board up all the windows. So we yes. boarded all the vents. We boarded all the windows. We got the door locked. We are safe. except of course uh they're not
0: they're not safe at all we got plans b c
1: d and e and we're working on f as soon as they get all the the windows boarded up then the lights flicker Uh oh and shenner is like where's the fuse box and they're like well the fuse box is downstairs in the cellar and he's like hmm sounds like a place no spider would go i'll be back Oh, boys, he's coming down there. He, we're going to really get him this time. So he gets a flashlight as his only means of defense, goes down into the basement where he sweeps the light around and there are spiders airware down here in the basement too. Surprise! We're down in the basement. My personal favorite is there are a couple of there like, look, we found the rat. Um, where there are a couple of spiders just glued to a rat that's running along one of the beams. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Shatner finds the fuse box.
0: And there's like five or six spiders on there like,
1: oh, did we do that? Are we the ones who made the electricity go out?
0: Maybe. Maybe. <laughs>
1: he's like oh you spiders god damn you even
0: in this scene shatter's like shoo shoo get out of here spiders it's like they're butterflies or something
1: yeah so he finally gets the fuse swapped and then as soon as he does the light in the basement blows up because it's covered with spiders apparently
0: that's what causes most lights to explode Spiders. (laughs)
1: That is good old-fashioned inject bleach kind of science. Then the basement window shatters, spilling spiders all over Shatner now. Get him, boys! (laughs) the fuse was just a distraction. And we get some solid Shatner screaming as he's oh so slowly trying to make his way up the basement steps.
0: Yeah, he gets covered by spiders and he's getting bit and everyone else that this has happened to is immediately dead. He drags himself halfway up the basement stairs and just succumbs to the spider attack and just... uh, oh and he's done you're like oh wow they killed
1: shatner before the end of the movie except they don't because diane and the rest of the gang are sealing up the rest of the kitchen and shatner just staggers in covered in spiders i've been bitten a lot hey i don't want to alarm anyone but i think there are some spiders on me Turn around, let them see us. (laughs) Hey, remember me? I was at the window earlier. I told you we were getting in. You didn't expect us to ride in on the movie's
0: hero, did you? That was my idea.
1: (laughs) So he's got puncture marks like all over his face and whatnot. And they finally kill all the spiders on Shatner and and leave him on the table. And he is unconscious. The sun rises on our heroes in the lodge. After this night of spider shenanigans and Diane is sitting with Shatner who's sprawled on one of the big kitchen tables and then he kind of staggers to his feet. Oh I've been poisoned all to shit but I shook it off and Emma is mourning the sheriff a big ugly.
0: Right. She's not going to get to ride that anymore.
1: Yeah. She's like, he didn't like to see me first thing in the morning. He said that I needed a cup of coffee and, oh, I missed that big cock of his. And (laughs) Diane, she's like, hey, uh, you know, the entry's all boarded up. Don't, uh, because Shatner wants to see what's going on outside. She's like, just for God's sakes, don't open the door. So Rack goes out into the lobby to see what's up while the Johnsons are trying to get an old radio to work. And so they're like, just check the windows instead of the doors. He's like, fine, whatever floats your boat. And as he's starting to pry open one of the boards, the radio starts and it's like, hey, back to hot licks country music. And they're like, well, it doesn't seem like anybody knows that this shithole town (laughs) has been attacked. Mm -mm. And they pull back the board and we get Shatner giving a good like, oh my God. Because all he sees is Webb. And this is the last shot of the movie, Mm -hmm. which is just a big painting.
0: Yeah, it's the worst Thomas Kincaid work ever produced.
1: (laughs) As... The matte painting, like the camera pulls back, and we see that the entire lodge, because the spiders couldn't get in and individually cocoon these people, it just cocooned the whole fucking lodge. I thought it was a shot of the whole town. It is, because it pulls back from that, and oh. then you see, oh, the whole town is now covered in these spider cocoons.
0: I thought it was snow when I watched it the first time.
1: <laughs> it, it could have been.
0: No school tomorrow. <laughs> Hooray.
1: Then a country song, the the country song from the beginning, you know, Peaceful. You're
0: living going a
1: Roll credit. Yeah. And the implication of course being everybody in this town is dead or or cocoon for later death. And the spiders are now just marching on towards the next town and the next town and the next town. So spiders just took over Earth. Basically, yes. Huh. There endeth kingdom of the spiders because (laughs) it truly is a kingdom of the spiders at the end of this movie.
0: So did they just not know how to end this movie? Or do you think that they were originally going for more of a doomsday body snatchers ending that had a very anticlimactic negative Outcome for our heroes?
1: Yeah, I mean it it is just oh our heroes have lost, the spiders have won, and the rest of the world is next.
0: Come on, boys, let's go get a Milla High Life.
1: I'm buying. <laughs> We're heading to New York. Why? Because if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and, and for me, like when I saw this as a kid, the end of this movie had a giant impact because I don't know that I had seen a movie before where the heroes don't win. And this movie ends in that very dark place of not only do the heroes not win, they are eventually going to be eaten. We just didn't see that. And also, by the way, the rest of the world is doomed to.
0: The first time I watched the Buddy Holly story, I didn't know that Buddy Holly died in a plane crash and at the end of that movie I was like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I was like 10. <laughs> yeah, and and <laughs> so it's a similar effect. I,
1: right. And I I think that's why this movie has stuck with me so much over the years is because a I, like I don't care for spiders to begin with, so seeing, you know, people covered in spiders and spiders covering people in cocoons for later eating feeds into that fear in a way that I kind of enjoy. But right. but also because the movie is a giant bummer of a film it, it is for most horror films they let you off the hook at a certain point you know freddy is banished to the dream world michael myers is shot and disappears whatever mm-hmm. most of that stuff ends with the heroes at least surviving but when i not in this one no in this one this is one of the first and and few films i can recall where the villains of the film are are the winners and like i said it it, it certainly stuck with me and i do love Love that matte painting. If I could somehow get that framed in my home, I would love to have it. But yeah, I adore Kingdom of the Spiders. So you're the one. I am the one. I'm the like you know they say that every movie there's somebody who who thinks it's their favorite. You know, I wouldn't say this is my favorite movie. I would say that every time I watch this, I'm entertained throughout. But as soon as you start to see shit popping off in town, from right. that point on, I absolutely adore this movie
0: i don't (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah it is it's a real something of a film
0: so bo we've had as you mentioned at the beginning killer monkeys Mm -hmm. and viruses we've had killer plants and breezes we've had killer aliens we've now had killer spiders on the next episode of pick six movies we're gonna have killer robots Yes because we are going to be visiting the third and final movie in the Terminator series Terminator Dark Fate. Wait wait wait. There were no other movies after this or before this. This is the third one and we're done and done.
1: What about all the the Terminator Did not happen. Genesis? Nope.
0: nope, those never happened. Sega? Nope, did not happen. Just stop right there, which I find interesting because I believe that Kingdom of the Spiders is the oldest movie we have ever reviewed on this particular program. And to date, I do believe that Terminator Dark Fate will be the most recent motion picture that we've ever reviewed.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you which one I would rather watch right now. (laughs) We know which one you'd rather watch now. But yeah, it, it is exciting. I've been revisiting the Terminator films in preparation for watching uh, the, the third one yet again, which I, I've also seen. I've seen all three Terminator movies. All, right. all three of them.
0: I have seen maybe four of them, even though there are only three. So yeah. figure that one out. As always, like, rate, review. Send us uh, an email if you want. Uh, at pick six at gmail.com you can find us online we're floating around if you have ideas for seasons let us know we'll certainly take them into consideration as we continue to march along in this season 11's theme we're all gonna die bo any final thoughts on kingdom of the spiders
1: yes if you are someone who enjoys schlocky 70s uh horror films you can do a whole lot worse than kingdom of the spiders
0: yeah you could do a whole lot better too <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know that's the softball pitch i gave you
0: come back and see us at two weeks time and we will have a brand new fresh episode of pick six movies waiting for you on the old internets or interwebs Ew, gross